Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. To the masters, break it down. They generate into something cool. We just got tired of doing what you told us to do. That's a freak, boy. Yeah, that's a freak, little man. Break it down. Nation family, what is up? What is happening? Woo! We back live. It's the Fantasy Authority. You already know what time it is. I'm so happy to be back with my boys. We're talking to Thanksgiving slate. Are we thankful. We got the four. We got the quad box going. Oh my lord, look at that. We got Maddie DFS. We got Maddie 2v2. This boy been coming back from the beach, coming back from his qualifier, getting after it, giving you all the hot plays. And then my boy D-Bro, look at that bearded, lovable bear over there. Oh, D-Bro, <laughs> come on with it, that D-Bro, FFB. You know what time it is, D-Bro. Yeah, you know how to make you smile, snapback king. And then we got D-Bro's daddy. Oh, my gosh, is that the TFA <laughs> godfather? Oh, my gosh, is that the fantasy rap 13, the man himself? He done graced us with his presence, Mr. Kevin Steele. Oh, boys. Whew. Like I said, the quad box is back. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Would it be a Thanksgiving slate if we weren't breaking it down together? I mean, really, like we've been doing this for how long now? It's a tradition. Clay's got the Santa Claus hat on. Like this is this is what we do. I'm joining from a phone, you know, R.A.W. lag. You know what time it is, baby. I had to come back for this one. How y'all doing? Four or five years. What is this? How many years running? We got this thing going, it's guys. It's been a while. At least. Uh, at least. At least. I want to say five, man. Yeah, something like that. Four or five years. I mean, we, we've yeah. been out here, man. So I guess my I want to ask a question. Um, over under four hours for this podcast. Under. Gotta, gotta... <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it will be under for me. You guys can see. You guys wait. are ha- ha- happy to stay on. And, and this, <laughs> wait, is this like, this is actually history too, because this is the first podcast that we're doing where we all have children now. Like we old, yeah. We are old yeah. boys. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, we me and Kev been here for a minute. We've been, been a little bit old, but y'all getting older. It's, it's nice to see true. the youngins growing true. up here on the show. Yeah, D bro, you you the OG, you vintage, you and Kev. You know what I'm saying? You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Every every time I see every time I see Kev, you know he ain't got the just for men going yet. You know it just it gets lighter and lighter in that beard. It gets lighter and lighter, but yeah, we might have to see, touch it up. D's D's got some coming in too. Hey man, that's for real. That is some real <laughs> talk, in. okay? There's, there, there, this, this, this looks like Tony Satry with a lot of fucking salt going on, baby. That's all I can say. <laughs> each, uh, each gray hair is just one slate. You played Christian Watson. <laughs> oh, I might, Ooh. I might be getting another one uh, after Thanksgiving. Then we'll see. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. We're already talking about it. All right. All right. So, you know, fantasy DJ nation, you guys already know, you can see it. You're watching on the stream. You got the fantasy authority right there. follow along on Twitter, get the discord channel up, get the YouTube channel up. I'm on my phone. I don't even know if people are in the chat, Kev. I don't know what's going on, but I'll make sure to, to holla at the people and make sure that we get the questions answered. It's the Thanksgiving slate. It's a tradition. Unlike any other. There we go. Walido. What's up, my boy. I see you in there. You know what time it is. We had to come back. I appreciate the love. I appreciate that love. We got a three-game slate, boys. It feels like this has kind of changed up a couple times every year. It feels like we always get a fun one going on every year. And we're talking about the Thanksgiving slate, Kev, with his hot takes. Who knows where the hell he's going to be going uh, as the slate kind of presents a lot of opportunities to talk about uh, some hot takes as we have some injuries to report, injuries to talk about. But we got the slate looking at the Packers and the Lions, the Commanders at the Cowboys, and 49ers at the Seahawks. This three-gamer is going to provide a lot of fun. So, Kev, we we doing this from the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end conversation? Is that how we how we going to start it off and do that? No game-by-game breakdown? Nope, no game by game. We just do position by position around these parts. All right. Well, before we get into position, let's just talk about the overall like state of the slate, right? Because we do have some injuries. We do talk about like strategy. We talked about it a long time, right? With the first game, you know, this is a slate like unlike any other. When you get that first game going, how much PMR are you going to leave? Like, how are you going to, you know, set yourself up for success? Where are the chalk plays coming from? As we talk about the teams who are expected to score points, we got the Cowboys in that middle game, the 49ers in that lane game. You don't want to eat everything up with the Packers and Lions, even though it could be enticing but from a slate standpoint and we could lead that into the quarterback conversations how are we feeling about things this week boys Debra I actually want to start with you because you already started to mention the Packers situation we got some injuries at running back we got some injuries at wide receiver like Jordan Love put him back on the map they really have a chance to kind of you know make they're not going to win the NFC North of course but like in the playoff picture outside looking in like uh they got this game and then they got the Chiefs in Lambeau though um, and got some winnable games through December. Like, what? How are we feeling about just how to attack this first game, and where where are your thoughts at? Man, I think this whole slate's interesting. I think it's going to get wild, man. I mean, I think like all the injuries to the Packers' backfield. Could we see them go uh, more pass heavy in this? So, you know, what are our thoughts with Jordan Love? Looking at the pass catchers, I think it's all over the map with them. Plus the injuries. I mean, I don't want to jump ahead to tight ends, but shit, man. Men price 2500 Tucker Craft, uh, who could run all the freaking routes and open up the entire damn board for us. How chalky is he going to be, man? So I think there's a lot of different ways to go in this slate, man. Like, um, it, it really, I, looking at these short slates and these condensed when like we we're rolling three, four games, I love how you uh, laid it out, Ryan, about like, do you build for the late hammers and stuff? But like some of these early games, if you don't build any of those early games, say Tucker Craft goes out and he gets 40 and a touchdown, he gets mm-hmm. at nine, 10 points. He might make the damn optimal. And you're like, well, shit, how am I going to make that up in the second two games? You know? So it's, it's how much do you want to build for the early versus the late? Which one of these games, if you got to pick one, do you think just shoots out? Because, I mean, there's some interesting narratives to go with every single game here. I mean, Detroit's basically been able to, like, put up 30 points at will. Are they going to get there with how expensive their pieces are? Washington is a team that never seems like they're out of any game. I mean, every game we're like, well, they're not going to keep up with the Eagles. They do. So, I mean, I'm not counting them out to be able to possibly keep up with the Cowboys. Um, Or do you just build 
for the late hammer possible shootout of the 49ers and Seahawks, man. It's it's an interesting damn slate. I think there's a bunch of different ways to go, but I'm curious where y'all sit, man. Yeah, Matt, Maddie, how you feeling about uh, the kind of state of the slate and, and what shapes up? Because this is one that we usually, you know, love to talk about, right? Like the I think back, you know, a couple of years back, Deshaun Watson still on the Houston Texans. They play in that early game. Like, do you stack up Will, him, Will Fuller, DeAndre Hopkins, let that kind of ride and, you know, really just kind of have that baseline set. And then you only need to make pivots, you know, later on. But when you're talking about these later on games, like you do have CD <laughs> Lamb, you do have Tony Pollard, you do have Christian McCaffrey, the 49ers wide receivers like what the, what's the quarterback situation looking like for Seattle like what's that going to open right. up and you don't want to just you know get yourself in a hole um early on where you're not having positions for pivot it's also one of those things too as we talk about Thanksgiving slate and how fun it is like it's also one of those things you have to be able to play it the way it needs to be played you cannot be setting these lineups before the 11:30 central time lock uh 12:30 eastern time whatever that is pacific time and uh be thinking oh I'm going to be good like you have to be paying attention to injury news you got to be able to pay attention to what's going on and you know that leads us up to spots maddie how are you going to be approaching this slate um from that standpoint yeah i mean the injuries you, you hit it right on the head the injuries pretty much shape this slate like we can't i mean we can kind of build now you know as placeholders but we can't really actually build until we know you know some of these injuries like aaron jones that's a big one uh you know aj Dillon, if he's out too uh you know like like Debro said like they're not just going to, you know, lean on Patrick Taylor, right? It's good. It's like it's could be a huge bump in, in pass volume, which has been, you know, part of the issue for the green Bay pass catchers is, is a lack of volume. But um, you know, then you got Geno Smith or drew lock, like who's it going to be there? That's, you know, everybody's, everybody's going to play the Cowboys defense. So like, if it's drew lock, like for, shoot, I love the San Fran defense there. And, and also in the same breath, if these running backs are out for green Bay, I like the 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 Lions defense too. Um because you know Green Bay on the road is a lot different than Green Bay at home. Um especially for Jordan Love. Uh all most of Love's big games have come at home. Um but yeah, so I think the slate's interesting. I think the injuries matter a lot. Um and and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if some of these guys are that are out uh you know, if their backups start to take on more ownership because then, you know, it's kind of easy for me to fade backups, you know, that, that are just getting thrusted into into what we project as higher volume roles. But, you know, it's just going to be more inefficient offenses, um, which we typically see when these when these reserves step in. So I'd be careful on on going overweight or getting crazy with the, the guys that are, you know, the value guys that are going to be thrust into new roles. But I definitely think there are a couple that that makes sense. And we'll we'll talk about them as we go through. But um, I definitely think there's going to be some landmines as well. Yeah, Kev, uh, talk to talk to me here as we talk about the the quarterbacks from this game, and I do think this is an interesting interesting game to kind of kick it off and start with because there are going to be so many of those opportunities that people are going to be uncertain about what to do with um, that could really lend itself to just as Manny's alluding to being landmines, and and really you know it could come down to like an approach of maybe full fade in this game. Kev, you're the one that is always about the contrarian approach and kind of coming at things differently. Uh, I like to pride myself on that, but you really uh, have taken the cake on the, on the take chamber as of, as of late. So what do you, what are you doing with this game? Like, are there any, any, any interesting angles uh, that you're looking at maybe just from the quarterback perspective as it stands and we can start that conversation. 
Yeah, I, I think the 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 biggest leverage point of the of this entire weekend's got to be to Dak Prescott or not, right? And if you're not, then what's the other options you can go to that make the most sense? And right. I think you can make a case for Jared Goff in this first game that, but uh, you know, he but this is also a tricky situation because they also are a team that will you know run the run the ball you know on you all day. And considering that's how you beat the Packers is by uh, of running the ball. They're one of the worst uh, in the league in terms of stopping opposing running backs. And you have two of the best right now that are just crushing every single week in Jabir Gibbs and David Montgomery. Both of them have been uh, putting up over 18 PPR points per game. And so uh, it, it's tough to get away from that. And so, but everybody's going to go Dak Prescott because it makes the most sense because the commanders, we just saw the commanders allow Tommy fucking DeVito go out and just slay against them. Yep. And now we're going to see Dak Prescott, who is one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league over the last month of the season. And so everybody's going to play him. And so the question, though, is because he is 6,800, is there a leverage point? Of, is there somebody else that can get you there? It may not be in the same trash, but but can open up enough to where it makes you a little bit more different because, you know, I've kind of played around with it, just messing around with stuff. And if you go Jordan Love, which I know it feels kind of gross, but if you go oh. Jordan Love where – Detroit has been exposed by uh, by opposing quarterbacks. They are the only team other than than Washington that is in the top 10 of uh, DK points allowed to quarterbacks. They are the only other team. That, and so, and if we think they're going to be playing in a trailing game script, then they're not going to be able to run the ball. Now, they are dealing with some injuries, but to be fair, I mean, the, the players they are missing is not some huge impact in, in terms of how their offense is going to function. I mean, Aaron Jones hasn't been a thing all fucking year. Luke Musgrave is whatever. And so, you know, the big one for me would be Jaden Reed to monitor to see what's going to happen with him. It sounds like he should, he might be okay to play. It kind of popped up a chest injury. We'll see. But if you play that with Tucker Craft, right? And then if you go with, even if you want to do a triple stack there and go with like a Christian Watson or a, uh, which I, I feel gross saying just because of last week what happened, but, or Jaden Reed, the Jaden Reed would be the guy I want to go with. Like you literally could play CD Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Brandon Ayuk. Right, you can literally pay mm-hmm. all the studs by just going with that with that direction, and so the question is, is like, is Dak going to bury you enough to where you know going contrarian, paying down? Can he get close enough to be able to get there? I think that's really like one of the biggest pivot points of the weekend of of trying to find okay if it's not Dak because everything on paper aligns for Dak Prescott to be the the nuts. You just lock him in because of that situation. But where can we get different? I think I think Jordan Love would definitely be one of them. I know he hasn't been sexy, but for fantasy purposes, for for D, stuff like that, he has been able to get you there. Like he's not putting up these monster numbers, but he's he's somebody that can get you nineteen twenty DK points, and at fifty five hundred dollars on a three game slate, that'll play. And so, only thing you have to hope is maybe you know Tony Pollard runs a couple of men and takes a couple of touchdowns away from uh, from Dak, and then all of a sudden you're you're in business to be able to steal a lot of this ownership away from there. The other option maybe would be Sam Howell. Sam Howell has played well this year, uh, but I don't love it against this Dallas defense and how how well they played. And then in terms of the San Francisco side, that game feels really gross to me. That game feels like a game that could end up being like a 20 to 17 type of game. I want pieces from there. But I also think one, one, one of the most important things about this week is going to be late swap and really accessing late swap. But a lot of times people don't go to that all that often. But on a three-game slate, I think if any lineups that you think are dead, it's going to be really smart just to jump in there and start late swapping and start uh, going some different directions there too. Kev, I can't believe you like we we talked. You mentioned Dak Prescott about five times. Like 
is Brock Purdy going to get any love here? I mean, dear Lord, like everything he's been doing on a freaking week, like shit. He, I mean, and the stacking partners, like we know who to go with. Like, it's not very difficult. Um, he's the other guy that I feel like, yeah, with Brock Purdy, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say if it's not difficult. I mean, it's tough to know who. No, that's it's, why it's that's the, that was so like we we talk, kind of talked about this like uh, the million maker that where they played Brock Purdy naked was the reason mm-hmm. why is because you just don't know who 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 the guy is going well, to be. they have so many different options so you get all the points from that but you don't but you don't have to necessarily stack I mean we talked it about right. it last week was I wrong it's George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk and that's who the hell smashed and that's who's going to smash again this week I don't know if Brandon Ayuk gets there but I'm telling you George Kittle's going the hell off we'll talk about it more in tight ends but like. I think the the two highest-owned quarterbacks on this slate are Dak and Brock Purdy. The question is, like, how high do they get, and how much is that on Dak? Like, do y'all think Dak pushes 40%, 50%? Like, that that's not crazy to say, guys. I like, I think, like, everybody's going to play him. Yeah. Like, but if you combine yeah. Dak and Brock Purdy, can we say that's going to take up at least – Six sixty-five, seventy percent of QB ownership. Am I wrong with that? No, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like you're wrong, uh, Debra. I think the biggest thing to kind of talk about when we talk about the percentages <clears throat> too is contests. You know, you're fifty-ish percent, if not. I mean. Dare I dare I say higher? Like just because of the of the state mm-hmm. of the slate there, um, and what and what things are shaping up to be. So you know, if you're playing in like you know a uh, hundred entry field or you know under a thousand entry field, even I feel like from a single entry standpoint, like you're in that forty percent to fifty five percent range on Dak Prescott. Um, that's just the nature. Of the I think beast. he's gonna be that high even in 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 midfields, like two thousand three thousand people. Like I think he's gonna be that damn high. I mean. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Like, this feels like the two top quarterbacks are going to be Prescott and it's going to be Purdy right behind him. Like, that's the two highest, like, the most popular guys here. Um, so I think if you're going to play somebody else, you're going to be auto different. Like, the way your lineup construction is probably going to be a little bit different. And to Kev's point about Jordan Love, it feels so freaking gross. But could we see them pass for with no healthy running backs? The the other thing, as I'm sitting here thinking about Jordan Love, could he run more? Because if they don't have a running game, could they design more runs for him? Because we haven't seen a lot of that, but this guy's got rushing upside. Like, he's got two games this year where he's got at least 34 rushing yards. He's got two uh, scores on the ground. Could we see Jordan Love get 40, 50, maybe 60 rushing yards on the ground? And, like, that's not insane because if they dial up, like, what four to five designed runs for him because they have no damn running backs. Like it's possible. No, that's it. That's interesting as well too. And I didn't, I, this, do we know uh, the state of the running back situation there outside of Patrick Taylor? Like is James Robinson elevated for them not to skip over to running back, but I just, I like, mean, I don't know if we know he'll be active. Point. If, if uh, Dil- Dylan can go, I think if, yeah. as long as Dylan goes and he was limited with a groin and that's new, but and I th- I think he plays. But if he doesn't play, then yeah, I think you see Taylor and you see James Robinson and shit. Just I'm I'm auto fading both those dudes. Hell no. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, but what, what, remember, what was it like Adrian Peterson a few years ago that like dusty ass Adrian Peterson? Like, LeGarrette Blunt, y'all remember or, that? Was it Adrian Peterson or was it LeGarrette Blunt? I thought it was Adrian It was both. Peterson. Both of them. We yeah, had Adrian we had, we had one AP game where he went off, I think it was for the Lions, and the year before that, I think it was Blunt yeah. going for three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, in the 3K range for Adrian Peterson, too. Vintage. Yeah. Yep. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh-oh. Well, Blunt, Blunt was like, what, 4K or some shit? Like, we were all like, all right, slate over. After the, <laughs> after the first game, we're like, all right, well, LeGarrette buried us all. Three tutties. Good luck. We're all just all right, on a showdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good luck for your men caches, boys. We out. <laughs> uh- was, that the, was that the year with the, the Falcons? I remember. Because uh, Julio Jones ended up getting ruled out at the end. And there was yeah. a there was yeah. like a three K wide receiver yeah. that I was on that uh, that I can't remember who the fuck it was. Yeah. I can't remember his name now. But well, like was, some wasn't random it Russell Gage or or it was, it no. was Russell Gage or Zacchaeus. No. I thought it was no it, <laughs> no. It was it, it was, was like completely Justin off Hardy the board. or something like that. <laughs> it was I can't uh, knowing Kev, knowing it was Kev, completely yeah. off the board, and like he ended up scoring a touchdown uh, <laughs> and, and getting there. But uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, Maddie, I did want to ask: uh, Is ownership out yet? Like, do, is there any decent ownership yet? Yeah, there. I mean, there's there's some. Um, it's obviously going to get more accurate as we get closer, but it looks like. I mean, it, it's what you would expect, right? It's you know Dak and Purdy for QB, and then for the position players, it's McCaffrey, Pollard, Lamb, and Amon-Ra. How uh, popular is Dak, Maddie? Going back to him. I mean, this is. What are you looking at? Like fifty percent, forty-five. I mean, this has him lower than that. I think it's going to be higher than what's listed. It's got him listed at twenty-two. I that's it's, that, I, it's too. Up. There's no way. Yeah, no. It, the math in a main slate, the math, sure. Yeah. In a three gamer, shit. No. The math. The math doesn't check out. It's. I. I think. Yeah. I think he's going to come in thirty-five to forty. Personally. Yeah, I was like triple that. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's you know, it's going to come down to what I think is going to happen on this slate is the popular build is going to be stars and scrubs 100%. Yeah. People are going to get as many of CMC, Amon-Ra and CD Lamb as they can. Uh mm-hmm. they're going to take the the punts with tight end whether that's, you know, Tucker Craft or, you know, Jake Ferguson's 3900. He's going to be insanely popular, especially with Dak. Um Kittle's going to go overlooked. Uh at running back, David Montgomery's going to go overlooked, which is a mistake. Is he? Um, yeah, okay. because dude, you you can't you can't you just can't fit the sixty five hundred guy. And if well, people you, are, you can only play so many dudes too, and, it's like and you got to pick if and choose. People are playing a sixty five hundred guy; they're just going to pay three three hundred more for Jameer Gibbs at sixty eight hundred. Yeah. So, David Montgomery, I think, and in this we don't have to cut the running back yet, but I think he is my favorite tournament play on the slate. With with that being said, um, you know, so there are there are responsible and and you know, high upside ways to get different here. Um, yep. It's just a matter of fitting, figuring out these upside pieces, which look like on paper that are lower owned would be Kittle and, and Montgomery at the moment. Um, but that's not to say you, you go in and just fade these, these studs because they're high owned. I mean, they're, they're, they're the studs for a reason. Right. And we've seen them smash all year. So yep. I, I think I'm just going to try to get in a couple of these high upside guys that are at lower ownership. And that's, you know, like I said, it's it's looking like Montgomery's one of those, and and Kittle's another one. Um, and then depending on what the what the Seattle situation is, I mean, you know, Lockett and DK, assuming DK plays, but if he doesn't, if Geno plays, and and is like actually able to throw a football, because when he came back in that game on Sunday, he looked awful. 
they should not have put him back in that game. Like, that, I, I, that for what it's worth, life. I think Geno plays. It's a it's a damn contu- It's a bruise. It's a yeah. bruise on his tricep. Like yeah, I, I think they gonna he, numb that shit up and yeah, he's gonna I th- play. I think he plays too. Um, yep. and that that leads to interesting Seattle too, right? Like yep. we've seen spots where Geno can can deliver points, and it mm-hmm. hasn't really been this year. Um, but he's, I mean, he's got lo- two games with twenty five DK. Yeah, and I it's mean, not even about playing Gino, right? It's just about pay- playing the pass catchers there because it's so consolidated. Like, mm-hmm. right. especially if DK were to miss, because DK popped up as as DMP today, and that's with a toe. Oh, I missed that. What happened? That's with a toe, which has not been what he's been ma- having maintenance okay. on. So it's that's new. You know, they've normally given him rest days during the week, and it's because you know, just your traditional vet rest day for <laughs> for the some of the vets and. Um, he's had some, you know, like hip and shoulder and all that, whatever. Now it's a toe DMP. So I, there's, there is concern that DK misses. And if that happens, it now turns into Lockett and, and JSN. So, you know, that's a really condensed offense. And especially when you lose Kenneth Walker and Charbonnet becomes an, an interesting pass catching back there as well. So there's a, for a team that's going to be trailing, there is a lot of volume that's going to go to these three guys really on seattle if if dk were to be out so yes we can project seattle to not really score a ton against san francisco maybe they put together something like san fran's defense has has looked good at times and they've also looked really bad at times so i think they're overrated like we keep talking about that game as as being gross i i don't think it's gross i don't i don't think any of these games are are gross actually i think Mm -hmm. honestly i think the the game that's likeliest to be the grossest is probably the first one you know, yep. I think I think Detroit yep. could just own them on the ground, and Green Bay has a chance to not get anything going if if you know they have don't have any either of their running backs active, um, or just AJ Dillon. Like we, how many times have we seen AJ Dillon without Aaron Jones this year, and just he's done nothing. Um, yep. so I I think the first game could could be really gross, and I think the second game could end up in a shootout. I mean, like you said, the like the 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 Commanders have have played a lot of close games in spots that we've not expected them to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've, they have been blown out a couple of times, one by Chicago mm-hmm. where they lost 40 to 20. That was the fields to DJ Moore game. And then also they got obliterated off the face of the earth by the bills. But, um, and yes, Dallas is hot, but Dallas hasn't covered Dallas has only covered once. in like, I think the last 12 on Thanksgiving and they've been, you know, like touchdown favorites in almost all of them. So yeah. I think that second game is interesting. I think Seattle, uh, nobody's going to play the Seattle side. Um, but with how much San Fran is going to put up points, uh, they're going to be trailing. Well, you and and there is no Kenneth Walker, no, so likely. The 49ers, the, the 49ers are their implied team total is only 24 and a half. Like, like, it's, only that's like that's bad. That's that's high. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean only? That, like, that, like, that's, that's very bad yet? That's not that's not high. Like, I would consider the Cowboys at 29 point, uh, almost 30, yes, 30 is high. 30, 30 I would, I would, is abnormally even high. the Lions at 27. Can we also high. say that sounds a little bit off for a team that's been religiously not dropping 30 so, every damn week? Well, I, I would, I mean, this that sounds off. It is going throw to it be, out uh, a, I mean, just depending on, I mean, where they're playing at, it's going to be on the road in Seattle, a primetime game. You know, that place gets fucking crazy. And, and so, like, I, I that does play into it. Like, I'm not that excited about playing the 49ers here. Like, the Seahawks defense has been decent, especially their their, their secondary ha- has been pretty good. Like, like I, I think you can get some pieces from it. But, like, I'm not excited to stack the 49ers up 
Like I, I would. There, there's other spots. I would have to stack the Lions up before I ever before I got there. But before I get to the 49ers, like yes, I want some pieces from that that offense. But like this isn't a spot where I think the 49ers are just going to go nuclear or anything like that. Like I, I just I just don't see that type of game script coming from this game. And like I said, I mean it's also uh, you know divisional games are wild, crazy things. Now all these games are divisional games, so that is something you know obviously to talk about. But but with the, with these two teams, um, I I just don't think it's that simple of saying oh the 49ers are going to come in here and dog walk them or something like that. I don't think that happens at all. You like, don't, I don't think that think happens that. if Drew Locke plays? I expect Geno Smith to play. I, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I'm I expect Geno Smith to play too. But dude, I, I, I we we see the 49ers very very differently. I, I look at a team that's just like the damn Lions that's put up 30 points religiously every damn week, and I mean, the ability the they went on that three game losing streak. But yeah, well, yeah, when Brock Purdy was concussed and shit and still out on the field, yeah, let's throw those out. How about we do that? I mean, outside of that, yeah, they've put up a crap ton of points. So, like, to me, I feel like this is almost like, do you just attack this from, like, let's let's garner the best offenses? Like, okay, who are the two best offenses? If you want to throw Dallas in there and make this miss, uh, a, a three-headed monster, that's fine. But possibly the two best offenses on this entire damn slate are the Lions and 49ers and saying, okay, both of them score 30 freaking points. Where do they go? And just going at it from that point and just getting blocks of teams and trying to get the best teams on the board. Like there, there's a really easy conversation. And like we talked about Jordan Love. There's a really easy conversation to say, I mean, why not full fade the Packers? Like it's right. it's like they're really enticing because all of their pieces are super damn cheap. But let's look at that offense as a whole. Jordan Love for the most of the season has been awful absolutely awful it reminds and, me of the chargers last week honestly yeah they're, and, they have one or two guys and their offense just looks like dog shit well i mean and now we're talking about now we've degraded the entire offense their yep. starting tight end is out yep. their entire right. backfield is out yep. jordan love is jordan love um jane reed is banged up he do, what if he doesn't play then you got christian watson romeo dubs um and no run game so basically detroit can say we don't even have to like commit a lot of extra assets to the run. You can't beat beat us with the run. So we could just make you one dimensional and you're not a good quarterback. So can you overcome that? So like, I think another way to go in this is to full fade the Packers. Like they legit could put up three points in this damn game. I don't don't think that's a hot take though. I think most people are fading the Packers. I mean, Maddie, you're looking at you're looking at roster percentages. Is that true? Is are all the Packers coming in like like stupidly low? Um, I think Christian Watson might be like in like the ten percent range or something like that. Well, yeah. he might, but I mean, Jaden Reed is uh, Jaden Reed's still stupid cheap. If he plays, yeah. he's going to be popular. Yeah, Watson and Watson and Reed will end up being popular. And Kraft yeah. will be too if Musgrave. Kraft will Kraft will be, Kraft will be uber chalk. chalk. Like he yeah, will yeah. be like. 60 to 70 percent considering he's a men tight end that could play all the snaps i think we need to spend some time talking about washington honestly because so think about that game right everybody is going to play just dallas onslaught right yep. so dak cd ferguson cooks cowboys dallas, defense. dallas d yeah how is going to be probably the lowest if not the second lowest owned qb on the slate and he might lead the entire damn slate in passing attempts. he scored four straight 
DK points over 20. Over 20. Yeah, he only, has two, he only has two bad games all year. He has two bad games all year. He throws the ball 40-plus times every single game. Some games he has 50. Yep. Yep. If if let's say let's say Washington has success on the offensive side of the ball, that that will result in Dallas nuking. So you yep. can play Dallas a ton of Dallas with Washington on the other side, and now you have just an absolute nuclear game. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to play Dallas without Washington, and if you get the like, they they yes, you're in your build. You know, if Washington pushes them, yes, those people also have Dallas, but they don't have Washington. And so I think the Howell side is interesting because it 100% solidifies Dallas nuking because there is just no way that Washington's defense stops them. They're, they're, they're playing, they're playing too well. They're, it's in Dallas. Dak has been absolutely smashing at home. Tommy DeVito, all we have to say, Maddie, is Tommy exactly. DeVito just put up three tutties and that's uh, it. Like, end I just, of analysis. I have, I like, have very fuck. minimal concerns. And and also, too, if Dallas has a lot of explosive plays, that means they're, they're giving the ball back to Washington quickly. Yep. And if Washington can do the same, yep. it gets back to yep. Dallas quickly. So it... There's just there's just a lot of makings for that game to just be the game, you know. I, I'm telling you right now, that game is going to have the best pace of the entire damn slate. Detroit is slow. Green Bay is yeah. slow. San Francisco is slow. Seattle is paced up, but what does that look like with a beat-up Geno Smith? Washington and Dallas both rank inside the top 10 in pace and neutral passing rates over the last four to five weeks. That is the game. If we're gonna pet like if I'm gonna push my chips on one of these games going fucking nuclear, it's that damn game. Because the other side of it is there are easy pressure points with the Dallas defense. Jordan Lewis in the slot has played terrible all year. He can't guard anybody. So, like, you stay away from their outside corners. Curtis Samuels live. Jahan Dotson, who runs about 50% in the and the slot is live. Like, there are easy ways for the commanders to put up points in this one. And that honestly, like that's the game. If I'm going to overstack one of these games and say, this is the game to play. It's that one. And I do think, so Dallas defense is obviously good, right? And they're, they're especially good at getting after the the quarterback, which is where, which is the issue for Sam Howell, right? As he takes a record league record amount of sacks. And that's why everybody's going to look to playing the Dallas D um, which makes sense, right? It's a, it's a good play. But, I mean, you look at who Dallas has played in terms of offenses, right? Carolina, the Giants. <clears throat> Philly, they gave up 28. Uh, the Rams with Stafford, who the Rams haven't – they've been okay this year. Uh, 17 to the Chargers. All right, that was that was a, a decent, you know, decent game. But that game still had some back and forth to it. San Fran, they allowed 42. The Patriots – Arizona, the Jets, and the Giants again. Like there really isn't a ton of of oh man, they've played maybe three good offenses this year. And a couple of them, the the Philly the, the Eagles and, and the 49ers have scored 28 and 42 points against them. Like there is, you know, potential for Washington to put up points here. And they're going I think you're gonna see like one piece, like McLaurin is probably owned as as like a run back to the Dallas mm-hmm. stack, or Curtis Samuel is probably owned as like a run back to the Dallas stack. You are not going to see Howell with two of those guys. Howell with, you know, three guys. You won't even um, see double runbacks, Maddie. No. You, I, if you see somebody onslaught Dallas, they'll bring one player back. I promise you, nobody's going to bring two of them back. Um, before we kind of keep going through this, you talked about the Cowboys defense. I think there's a really good conversation since we're on that game to talk about full fading them. 
I mean, if you look at like, yes, they have points of 21, 15, 27, 15, 37. Okay, but if you look over the last few weeks, in between all of that, they play the Giants, they put up eight. They play the Eagles, they put up two. They play the Chargers, they put up four, minus one. Like, there are a lot of spots where the Dallas DST has not smashed. And if they aren't, like, they're going to be... I mean, come on, guys. Like, are we in agreement here? Like, they're going to be the most damn popular defense yeah, on the entire be, freaking plate. No, like, no doubt about it. Yeah. easily, yeah. easily. Yeah. And I think there's a great conversation just to full fade them. And you're going to, again, we're talking about being auto different. Yeah. Like, that. that's an easy way because there are a lot of, this is not the Patriots from, like, a few years ago where it's, like, every damn week they get defensive touchdowns. That defense has, has been a roller coaster. And there's a lot of other things in their game logs of, two points, four points, three points to where you're like, yeah. shit, why did I eat this chalk? Yeah. No, but that the one thing that will say D bro, that, that makes me worried about full fading them is, you know, just opportunistic and yeah. how true, how the Washington offensive line has played. Okay. Sacks. And then how Sam, Howell has played what you're saying the past heavy rate. Like, so there's yep. going to be opportunities for them to make yeah, plays on the sure. football because I think the interesting so thing, Ryan, is honestly to play the Dallas defense and play the full game stack you because you could. if they get a defensive touchdown from the hop, okay, well, commanders are getting pushed. You could still have points on top of that. Like, there's I, I agree. I yeah, like, I think the better conversation to play. be different is to full stack that damn game and play the Dallas defense. Yeah, that, yeah. that's a great, great call. I also I also think with this game too, I and mean, when you talk about the Commanders, that the how cheap their offense is. I mean, they're very much in the same range as the Packers, where you have McLaurin at fifty four hundred, mm-hmm. and then Jahan Dotson's forty six, and then Curtis Samuel is all the way down at thirty six hundred. So I mean, and then the rest of their guys are like men. So even at tight end, I mean, uh, you're talking about what Logan Thomas is not expensive either. He's thirty five hundred. Um, yeah. So it's a very cheap stack as well. If you want, it's to, a forty nine total. I just looked. yeah. I, I very, expect Logan Thomas to be super And people aren't going to stack that too. game. They're not. They're not going to stack that game. Yeah. They're going to see an 11-point spread. They're going to load up. I mean, we just saw the Raiders just push, you know, Miami a little bit. You know, it's these 14-point, you know, favorites. And, you know, it just, it's. I just don't think it's the same as when they're favored, when Dallas has been favored this much against the Giants and the Jets over the last couple of weeks no. and, and the Panthers. So, it's yeah. – yeah, it's I th- I just think it's a different game this week and and I I I would I would take Washington plus 11 personally. Um and yep. I think I the I think the over is is a solid play there too. Yeah. Well, what what always interests me too when we talk about these situations is like okay, like you know, we're talking about Dak doubles and you know Washington bringbacks. But what about Sam Howell? What about Sam Howell on that side? And yeah. just saying, okay, do we know where the production's going on Dallas? Like, yeah, it can go to just CD Lamb. Maybe it goes to Jake Ferguson and you play him instead of the stack with Logan Thomas because Jake Ferguson's just been eating um, outside of CD. Like, it, it, is there merit there to have Sam Howell be the leverage play on the slate to where he ends up with, you know, 28 you know 30 points from a fantasy perspective and you're getting his guys right and just getting all the points on dallas on the other side people are not going to play sam Howell if they're going to go to the 6k range they're going to play jared golf they're going to play they're going to play purdy and then they'll play jared golf and then people would decide between sam Howell and gino people are not going to freaking play sam Howell. also like i mean Saquon had a lot of success last week on the ground against Washington and Washington's quietly given up, you know, five yards per carry over the last three games. 
which has not been in line oh, with their, their whole se- their whole season long stats. So yeah, I, yeah and, and Pollard is starting to get healthy. Pollard yeah. is starting to get healthy. So the yeah, last, I, the last four weeks they've allowed the twelfth highest. Uh, well, the four point three seven is what I have over the last uh, four weeks. Was twelfth highest rate in the league. They've also allowed the ninth highest yards after contact per attempt as well. Uh, the the, the um, so there for the Commanders. So yes, you definitely can run the ball against them. So I, I don't know if we want to switch this over to to running backs, Ryan. Yeah, because I, I think that's I think yeah. this is gonna be because it's. <laughs> When well, it, when we it comes, been, we've been bouncing all over, so I, right. I, I I've, yeah, I've yeah, left yeah. the scheme. But when, when it comes to the running backs, play. though, <clears throat> like it's either it's either are you paying up that at that price tag for for Christian McCaffrey, or I think a, a really solid play is just playing both the lines running backs, uh, just getting all yep. the production lo- there. I love yep. that because I love they're that. in a incredible spot. If that week. game fails, it's because it's because the running backs get all their points and. Yep. There's a really good con- – I love that, Kev, because there's a good conversation. Okay, the Detroit Lions score 30 points, and all four of the touchdowns go to the running backs. That's well, possible. And I, I like the idea of pairing those two with the Lions defense as well. Lions defense. It's, yes. So if, you, if you look at it since yep. <laughs> since right. uh, since Monty's come back, uh, Gibbs has basically played about 58% of the snaps, but Monty's handled about 57% of the rush attempts. Um, and obviously Gibbs has been fantastic. And like I said – over the uh, since he's been back uh, over the last four games, Gibbs has averaged twenty six point two DK points per game, and then Monty's averaged about eighteen point eight DK points per game since returning. So both of them are obviously hot. And then, like I said, the Packers yep. defense has allowed the twelfth most uh, rushing yards. They've also allowed the thirteenth highest explosive run rate uh, in the league as well. So this is obviously a fantastic matchup. You get all the production from both of those guys. You're feeling you're, you're solid. Whatever whatever the game script is that you're going to be able to cover. And this just is an incredible matchup. Like the only way they really, I feel like fail um, is if like, I don't know, something crazy happens and the line just gets smacked, which nobody's expecting that. Would you would like to know who is third in red zone rushing rate in the NFL this year? The Lions. Detroit Lions, baby. Oh yeah. I mean, that's that. That's, for that's for some thing. reason, for some reason, the field is not on green Bay as a good spot to play running backs against because you know, Why? the last couple of weeks, I don't know. That's crazy. The last couple of weeks, yeah. Najee Harris was, was low owned at 4,900 against yep. them. Because he's Najee because he's yeah. Najee. And then well, him and Jalen Warren both smash. Yeah. Him and, and Jalen Warren smash. Nobody played week, either one of them. Last week, nobody played Eckler and sure the Eckler play didn't work out, but Eckler was yeah. actually, Eckler was ripping off big runs. They just didn't go to him. Well, and the other thing about it is like, if you watched any of the Eckler, like he looked like a damn fullback out there running. Like well, he, he should have had, he does, and he's still he ripping off big runs. So exactly. That's, that's like boosting my argument. Two, <laughs> I think, I think no, if I had I, to make a decision. You're right. Like there are two of those runs where like he should have housed them, but you yeah. were like, uh, David Montgomery <laughs> is my favorite play on the uh, is my favorite running back. Yes. Play on I agree. Play. Yeah, I agree. He's, yeah. he's, he's Damn a cheaper right. option. I, um, I but I, I love David uh-huh. Montgomery this week. I yep. agree. Yeah, yeah. They they so, they have got something going there with that backfield, and I think it's it's a, especially it's a with how golf looked last week against Chicago. Right. It's very like, much like yeah. the Saints of a few years ago when it was Kamara and Mark Ingram when they both you know yep. went off that year. It's very much similar right. to that. So and I, and I, I think want... the other. The other thing too, D bro, just real quick, I you know yeah, not on. to go to wide receiver, but like um, I expect Amon Ra to be pretty popular just from the standpoint yep. of like what the expected yep. total is going to be, and he's put together you know some pretty decent weeks. He scores a touchdown or he gets hundred mm-hmm. yards, like similar to the Wolf Fuller narrative that from a couple of years ago. That seems to be what he's been doing, but we have not seen those like smash output games. Now, of course, he could have those, but like I really don't like on a small game slate right here 
locking up that salary into Amon Ra and him only going coming back, you know, with 15, 16 points. Like, I don't I just don't think it's going to get it done um, from that perspective. So being able to leverage that um, is an interesting one because you're not only like taking the low own plays from the running back position, but you're also then not going to combine them with a high owned wide receiver um, from that same team. So I, I want to roll this back real fast because I think it's another divi- decision point for the slate to play CMC or not to play CMC. And I'm not saying that you lock him and I'm not saying mm. that you full fade him, but if the field, where, where do y'all think the field comes in at? 60%? They're, they're going to want to play him. Uh, I, and I don't like, think it's that high, but yeah, I think it's high. I mean, I, okay, I so we put it 50. Say, 50. say, say yeah. it's 50. Are you going to be, I, I, I want to toss this to everybody. Are you going to be over the field or under the field on CMC on this slate? And... Dude, I'm honestly thinking about being under. Like, so at 8,700, he has to absolutely smash. And we haven't seen that. Like, if you look at his game logs, like, he's been really good. But at 8,700, 21 points, 20 points, 29, 23, 14, 14, 22. Outside of 51 points, and maybe that, maybe that, that gets you there, okay? But at the same time, there's so many other running backs can that can put up 20 to 25 or maybe get us to high 20s. Like Gibbs can do that. Monty can do that. Pollard, if that game goes off, you want to play Oppo. But like that, we have de- definitively like two guys on this slate that are not priced up like that in Gibbs Charbonnet, and Monty. And th- that's Walker. well, and to me, I think there's a better conversation not to lock CMC, but to lock Charbonnet. He's going to get 25-plus uh, opportunities. He's cheap as shit. He got 21 opportunities last week in a terrible matchup. You can run all over San Francisco this year. So um, I, I know I've talked about a lot of different things. I want to throw this back around the table real fast. Are y'all going to be over or underweight CMC if he's at 50%? I'm under. I, I'll I'll likely be under, too, just from a – from that being the last game of the slate, I mean, CD Lamb is the best play on the slate to me, and I know we're not at wide receiver, but like I'm, I'm going to be playing yep, so much CD right. Lamb that I might not be able to get to Chris McCaffrey as much, which will lead me to being under the field. I want to try and get them both in, but I'm loving the the two running back situation from Detroit. So I think from a positional standpoint, I might not even be able to play Christian McCaffrey because if I get the two Detroit running backs and I'm going to play, you know, Charbonnet in the flex, then. That might yeah. not lead me to get to him, and I'll probably get you know, try and get IU, try and get try and get Kittle. Like hope that Purdy is getting you know one, two, three touchdowns, but maybe two of those go to the San Fran player that I have, and you know McCaffrey gets his one, but that's it. My favorite two running backs of this entire slate are David Montgomery and Zach Charbonnet. But uh, Kev, over or under on CMC? Here's the thing: it we all we 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 are talking on this slate. If you're talking about like. Okay, so like with CD Lamb, just how incredible that matchup is for him. Mm-hmm. This matchup is just as incredible for Christian McCaffrey. Seattle has been absolutely it is. fucking dog shit against running backs. And it's not even yeah. close. Like, I mean, they have been, we talk about the Packers, like Seattle's in a different class. They have allowed five, 5.3 yards per carry over the last four games. They're every metric they are at the top of. They have allowed a yards after contact per attempt. It, it is them. By themselves. Some uh, of that yeah. is skewed massively by that Baltimore week, though. Big, big time. Like, huge. Kind of like what the Dolphins did to the, the Broncos. 
Okay. Uh, but I mean, I mean, they're okay. still not good. I'm not going to say <laughs> yeah. that they're good, but that it's still it's skewing the numbers a lot. I also just think McCaffrey is just kind of matchup proof, and he's a he's he a lock he's, to get you twenty to twenty five. He's a he's a lock. Yeah. I mean, every single week to get you yeah. twenty. Like from it, a like, from a raw point standpoint, like he is a lock to be one one of the top three scorers on the slate from a position player standpoint. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of you know. It just comes down to to value, like the value guys with him, right? Because if McCaffrey gets outscored by Lamb, there is a way you could play both of them, but you you're gonna have to nail the value guys, and the value guys are gonna have to outscore the the Gibbses and the Montgomerys, and you know. Well, what if the what if the value guys fail? What if the Green Bay just like lays a turd? They they all suck. You know what I mean? Like, what if the punts don't get there? That's what I'm saying is is it's it, it becomes an interesting dynamic. It's such a hard question to answer because the raw score he gives you absolutely is valuable, especially on a three game slate. Mm-hmm. On a full slate, the nine K guys are are much tougher to fit, um, and you can't play multiple of them on a full slate. Um, but on a on a three game slate, it gets things get kind of weird, and and raw points do matter because there's not as many big scores across only three games. So you know the the twenty to twenty five guarantee pretty much is is va- definitely valuable. Um, but it it becomes a matter of you know what are all of a sudden what are the values going to do for me? But Maddie, so, you're playing. I know you're a th- I know you're a three max guy. Are you playing how many how many teams are you going to play with CMC? Is it one? Is it two? Is it three? I'm going to have zero teams that do not have CD Lamb on them. So okay. if I can get CMC <laughs> with Lamb to work in a build, then I will I will play CMC. Well, you sidestepping that like a politician. How many teams are you going to play CMC it's on? It's hard to know without building. I haven't built yet. Are you going to try to be over or under the field? I would like to play him, yes. He is not my first high price click. No. Like if you got to lock somebody, to me it's locking CD Lamb and then how it's can Lamb. I get McCaffrey on something? You can you can easily play Christian McCaffrey and and CD Lamb together. Like that's you not, can. not hard. You can. Right? No, well, I think the question the, the, the question the, is Kev, is if you're not taking the value from the Packers side right. in the first game. If exactly. you're going what with a lot the of these mid-rounds guys, you can't play two of them. Oh, there's other there's other value though than just the Packers. I mean, uh, there's there's definitely value in like we talked well, about I know that, but banner. the popular build is going to be Stars and Scrubs. So a lot of these guys in the right. middle range are going to get left out. So exactly. if you're prioritizing the mid range, right. you're not going to be able to play CMC Correct. and Lamb. You will not. Right. It will be. So you got to like, pick one of them. It's going to be CMC. So a popular build, I can tell you, is going to be like CMC I mean, Lamb with like Charbonnet or Pollard, and then it's going to yeah, be the Packers guys, um, <laughs> with like probably JSN if DK gets ruled out, mm-hmm. um. You know, I mean, Cal- Seattle's Cowboys de- I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, you, you play Seattle's defense, and and you play one other. You find one other pay down, and you can easily get there. I mean, it's not. It's, it's not. Everybody's kind of like they're like the way that this the 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 pricing is set up this week. It makes it pretty easy to be able to get there. Like I played around with building lineups with with being able to get both of them in there. It's not like I don't like. Oh man, I hate this team. Like they, this team looks awful. Yeah, but you're probably there. like you said. Well, you're going to punt you're punting defense, at a lot of different spots. But you're I'm always going to punt defense. But yeah, yeah well, that's, well, that's fine. I'm, I'm that's cool with that. Fine, but, but then you're probably going to punt is, tight end. So probably Tucker Craft. If he gets you three and Ferguson goes for, let's say that that game does go nuclear and all of a sudden Ferguson again goes for eight for 90 and two scores. 
you have to have had Ferguson in your Tucker craft play is irrelevant. It, it's, it's just irrelevant. So or if it's, Kittle puts up 25, or Kittle puts up 25 again. So it buries your ass. Yeah. Like, or just, that's Sam what I mean. Laporta when, puts up 25. Like, like the, do that. the value plays in theory sound good to get to McCaffrey, but they still have to deliver because there are guys on the slate that can, <laughs> can just explode. So I mean, to me, I, I, I do think, yes, Lamb, I think from an actual I'm like playing. clicking guys and, and putting them on, on a team, it is somewhat easy to get CD and McCaffrey together. But the upside <clears throat> of like that team across the board, I just don't know if I don't know if I like that idea more than like I going don't. with mid range guys like Monty and Gibbs and Pollard and getting those guys in there with Lamb instead of CMC Lamb and then Packers and, and Seahawks guys. Right, but I, so yeah. like just playing around with the lineup. Like let's say you play, say let's say you go with the the Commanders, right? And you go Sam Howell, you go McLaurin and Logan Thomas as as the stack. Then you run it back with CD Lamb. You have Christian McCaffrey and David Montgomery, you know, all in a lineup, right? And then from there you have the Seahawks uh, at, at D, and then you you really just have to come up with you know with with two with two separate options at wide receiver and flex. You still have almost it's forty four hundred dollars a piece available for them. Uh, to be yeah, able to get there, so like that's not like spots. well, you're actually punting three spots. So well, sure, but it's also but it's also a three game slate. Like there's not like what what other pay up options outside of basically you're saying I'm not playing Amonrase Brown. I mean, there's a couple other guys, Brandon Ayuk seven K, but then everybody else is five K and below. Like I mean, it's oh DK Metcalf, sorry, and Tyler Lockett, but um at wide receiver. But for the most <laughs> but, part, what I'm saying is there's there's all these other options. Like we're not like it, this isn't like um like. There's there's holes to be poked at this stuff. Basically, you have to make a decision on okay, if you're going to play Christian McCaffrey, you're okay with not playing Amon St. Brown, you know, in the CD Lamb stack, or you know, with Ayuk. But I mean, it's it's not past that. Like you can get to Chris, uh, you you can play, uh, you know, a Tyler Lockett if you want to, or something like that. Like that's still within the the range of possibilities of of, of a build that you can put together. I mean, not can, with the way you just laid it out, it's forty four hundred for the last two spots. You can't do that, Kev. Unless you're going to play Tucker Craft in the damn flex, but you're not doing that because you said you're playing Monty. So you really can't do that. Why can't you play Tucker Craft in the flex? Because you just said you're playing David Montgomery in that lineup you built. Yeah, Unless Christian McCaffrey, David Montgomery are running back. I thought you missed, I thought you named off three running backs. But no. th- this is all to say, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you straight up, like Brandon Imuke, Metcalf, Lockett, like these mid-range guys are all going to get forgotten about, and it's wrong. I love it. I love. I love. Kittle the too. Kittle's another mid range. Yeah. Kittle. Kittle is gonna. I, I'm. I'm. I'm in on playing Kittle in the damn flex this week. Like I'm fine. There's a lot of other like cheaper tight end options, but Kittle. He's a six K wide receiver that can give you twenty. Yeah, yeah, you have to treat him as a wide receiver. When he you, is. When, when you talk about like DK Metcalf, right? Like what what ceiling has DK Met, DK Metcalf shown you this year? He's shown you none, dude. Like, he is. No he has danced around monster games the right, entire yeah, damn not, year. Right. True, uh, but yeah, what, 94 yards, 98 yards, um, 112. Right. What like, running back has a – or what player on the slate, for that matter, has a uh, positional player has a higher ceiling than Christian McCaffrey? Nobody. But have we seen that ceiling yeah, outside yeah. of once, Kev? He's True. put up a 50-burger once. Every other game has been 20. You can get that from so Gibbs there's, there's, and there's Montgomery. there's two players, correct? There's two players, correct? There's CeeDee Lamb. And there's Amon Ross St. Brown are the only two that's in the conversation. For what? To give you, what, 20, 30? 
Like that, 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 that can, let's say, score 30 plus. I think 30 plus. Yeah. Uh, yeah Brandon, I don't, Brandon I don't Ayuk even... could do that. I think Brandon Ayuk could do that. You're, he almost you're, did that you're last spreading it thin to, 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 to oh, make it happen. No, I'm not. He, like, if he scored last week, he would have done mid 30s. He'd had 36 last week. I think, I'm, yeah, not, I think, I'm not spreading shit yeah. then. Like, that's, I think I agree with Kev. I think, I think it's Amon Ron and Lamb. And so the, that's that, that's the, that's the decision point that to me, that's where it is. Like, it's, it's like, because Christian McCaffrey, it wouldn't shock anybody if he scores 50. Like, it wouldn't be like, oh, man, where did no, that no, come from? Sh- That's fucking crazy. Like, you know, like, but he's yeah. also, his ceiling or his floor is so secure. Outside of an injury happening to him, like, you're not going to be tilting if, if he has a bad day because he they just don't happen very often. For him. I guess my question is, if he hits the floor and you can get the same production by playing Gibbs at 6,800, Pollard at, like, all these other guys in the 6K, does CMC make the optimal? And I I don't know that I can definitely tell you yes. Like I get the yeah. floor reason, but I just don't know if we see the ceiling. We could see the ceiling, but for most of the season we haven't. If I'll say if we see CMC's floor of twenty to twenty five, he's not in the optimal. I, not not if Gibbs Depending not if Gibbs and Montgomery put up twenty. Depending on how everything else goes, sure. Because yeah. I think I think Charbonnet can get close to yes. He's going to be around fifteen is what I would confidently project him for given yes. his past game usage. And then you have Pollard who can do well, which we already talked about. He's getting yep. healthier and metrics are looking better. Washington's been dog shit last couple of weeks, whatever. And then we talked about Montgomery. He can score twenty five plus. So Pollard can score twenty five plus. Gibbs can score twenty five. Uh, Charbonnet can get you 15. And so if McCaffrey ends up in, in, at 20 to 25, I just think those, I think those mid range guys, I think that's going to be the optimal build. Uh, cause you're going to have four or five guys that get you that 20 to 25, as opposed to, you know, McCaffrey. But if McCaffrey gets you 35, I don't think it's even a question. I think he's, I think he's optimal. Right the last away. time no. Montgomery played the Packers, he got us 37. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he gets yep. he gets that, over thirty. I've already said I love Dave Montgomery, so I'm not going to argue with that. But that was also a completely different time when how Jameer Gibbs was being utilized and everything else. I'm not. I am not at all knocking the play. Like I said, I love Dave Montgomery. That's not what I'm trying to do. But but uh, but all I'm saying is like that. That's a little bit different to go back to that game, you know, and say that that happened, right? But this isn't yeah. a. If you play Christian McCaffrey, you can't play David Montgomery. I've already said you can, right? Like, like it's definitely possible. It just gets get thin. Them. You're well, gonna get, but but my whole point is that you're you're gonna you, like. I feel like that's gonna be the popular build. Yeah, and you're gonna keyhole yourself because there's only the so build many that, options. I yeah. mean, maybe that's the build that wins. But if the punts fail, then a lot of these mid range guys that are gonna get I overlooked. Feel like every Thanksgiving slate, there's that guy. There's there, there's you're that guy. Not, you're not wrong, but I mean, yeah. saying that as a general rule is also going to get you in some trouble. So, well, and it's and and to have that guy, Kev, it's usually like you know not it, it's the Antonio Gibsons of whatever that was three years ago, like yeah, on the tell. Washington shit. What was yeah, that? Two yeah, years in a row? It's, it's <laughs> two years in a row, right? Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, 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 these, it's these underlying guys who tend to pop off who allow you to be able to have you know these plays, and so like 
from the CMC standpoint. And listen, like I, I will not have a team like Debro to your point. Like if CMC is my only late player, I'm not having a team. Like that's just going to be so much of a popular build where it's like, all right, so I'm going to build this roster, and then yep, I just got to have CMC late, and that's it. Like I would want to have like a CMC Kittle, CMC Auk, or you, you know, want to leave like you're talking about the late Kittle. swap. You want to leave two spots if you're building with CMC. Like I want to leave two spots. I want to be able to two v two that. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. And, and Which I is just probably CMC and Charbonnet you. is going to be the, the popular um, 2v2 there later. At least I like two guys personally. I uh, so if Mech if Metcalf plays, I I freaking love Metcalf. Um, all of, San Francisco's been running a shit ton of too high. Metcalf is their guy. Like he he crushes versus too high. I mean a single high. Excuse me. Um, D bro, stay in that same lane. Let's talk about receiver, and we're talking about these guys, right? Yeah. For you know C- Seattle, and I I do think Jackson Smith. <laughs> And Jigba has been getting, you know, some run late. We, t- we talk about them in the late game. Like we talked about the Washington side of things in that Dallas game with them to be able to push. Like we can get back to the to the Packers and Lions game as well, too. Like if, if are there any options at all? Like not from the Packers side of things, but like is Josh Reynolds a viable? Is Jameson Williams fun spader last week? But he can take one to the house, you know, anytime if he can be trusted. Like, are there any are there any of these guys who I guess maybe the low to mid tier range is where I'm going to place them at before we get into like the Metcalf locket conversation that can make it feel uh, palatable and digestible to get these guys into lineups, especially in that first game? Um, I mean, Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs would be my, my picks there. Um, and this is assuming Jaden Reed plays. Detroit's been terrible versus slot wide receivers. My only problem with Jaden Reed, which Thinking through all of their injuries, I think that we're going to see a lot of Jaden Reed, or at least a lot of like what, what you've seen Green Bay do this entire year is they'll have some games where they use a lot of three, a lot of eleven personnel, and then next game lots of twelve, shit tons of twelve. Jaden Reed plays like thirty percent of the snaps, but since we're talking about all the injuries, Luke Musgrave is not playing. Josiah right. Deguara is not playing they're going to run a shit ton of 11 personnel because they don't have enough tight ends to run 12. So I think you're going to see a lot of Jaden Reed. So it might Jayden be Reed, 20. I would say they would run 21 personnel. They don't, they don't even have the running back. But <laughs> they, my, my argument is also they don't have the receivers to run 11 personnel. I mean, that's that's fair. I mean, because Wix is, is banged up too. But, but also with that, Maddie. Yeah. That also makes it a little bit easier, though, doesn't it? Like, I, yeah, for sure. We've had we've had this entire giant Packers wide receiver rotation the entire yeah. year. Like one guy gets full time snaps, consolidated, and now it could get consolidated. Yeah. So as much as like I was shitting on the Packers earlier, this is also becoming a situation that's a little bit easier to understand. And it's like 
the numbers themselves, like the fact that the Lions run a lot of zone coverage and things like that, the numbers and uh, Maddie, you'll have to tell me, where's Romeo Dobbs checking in at? Like he feels like the grossest click of this entire slate. <laughs> but if you look at all of his usage, he dude, every week, he, he scores every damn week. Yeah. We don't see the receiving upside, but again, do we see the yardage come through in this game? He's not going to be freaking popular. Nah, yeah, he he's, legit, he's legit top 10 in red zone targets in the NFL amongst all pass catchers. And I doubt you'd hear a lot of people sitting here touting that to people, but he scored a shit ton of touchdowns. He has two touchdown upside. And in this game script where, Things are getting more consolidated. People just saw the big game from Jaden Reed, but honestly, that was fluky because he had 46 freaking rushing yards in that game. So does he get some of that usage in this game? Sure, maybe. But if I got to pick out one Packers guy, probably just like like roster percentage, touchdown upside, everything all together, probably my favorite dude is Romeo Dobbs, man. I like it. I like the call. It's Jaden Reed, but... Um, I mean, well, tell me why, Kev. Tell me why I'm wrong. I'll just he, walk away from it. Simply, he's a, he he is the best wide receiver that's on that roster. He's the most explosive player that's on that roster. I think what you saw last week he could get more rush attempts too. As the rush attempts is yeah. not going away, I think it's a thing. Uh, I think could. you can probably see him fall into that like four to five rush attempts. Yeah. I think more with the way that they utilize them, like I said, I mean how explosive he is, short area quickness, a lot of stuff that we saw from him out of Michigan <laughs> where he came into the league. So it makes sense for that. Like, I don't mind Romeo Dobbs. Like, I mean, he leads the team with a 19% target share because he, he has a really healthy average depth of target as well. Like, I, I don't I don't mind that 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 play call of going there. But Jaden Reed, um, he he is also somebody that they look to inside the red zone quite uh, at a decent clip. Mm-hmm. He's also somebody that, like I said, that that can kind of play any type of role that they want him to. And I do think that he's somebody that they're going to utilize as a running back. Because I mean, their running backs are fucking awful. AJ Dillon looks like <laughs> Like a really extremely poor man's XFL version of Jerome Bettis out there trying to run. It looks like Matt Asiata, baby. That's what he yeah. looks like. Yeah, it's, 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 it's awful. It's gross. And it's so, like, I think you see them utilize somebody like Jaden Reed in those spots and, and being able to utilize him similarly what you would have done with Aaron Jones. So, I, I think, as, and he's only $4,200. And so, it's, it's hard not to love Jaden Reed. Like, we've ignored Jaden Reed all year, it feels like. Like, it's that nobody's ever all that excited about him. Um, and I get I like it because him. he hasn't really shown like a huge ceiling. But over the last two weeks, I mean, he has put up top 12 DK points each of the last two games. I mean, so th- that's real. Like, and so yeah. like, like I, I'm just, I'm just saying like, we just like, he seems to always be the guy that people look over and he shouldn't be like, he should be valued as probably the best point for point for dollar in terms of value play. He's the best. Like they're, they're, I, don't, I don't think you're going to be able to make a strong case for say, for anybody else uh, other than him. Um, and so I, I think he's a strong play. Could Christian Watson get there? Sure, sure. Maybe, maybe without Wicks, maybe all of a sudden now he starts seeing some some actual deep targets uh, more often. But like I, I'm tired of chasing Christian Watson. Like we, everyone keeps chasing him. You know, like I am to the point where Christian Watson is a fucking bum. Like he's not good. Like he's not a good NFL wide receiver. Like he's not. Oh like, boy. We can stop oh, with the, 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 oh, the chasing boy. and the, the oh, chamber. It's that. It's something else. Like, like if all <laughs> these other players are, are being used and Christian Watson's not, like, if it sounds like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's probably a fucking duck. So if you're not seeing targets, then you're, you probably just kind of hurts your, uh, your ability to catch deep targets when your quarterback sucks ass at throwing deep. But I mean, yeah, if that's I all you can do, then that's all he is, right? He's not, he's not, he, then he, that's all he is, right? He's, he's, 
He's a tech. That's always being used as. Last year's show, that's sure, not all he is. Typically speaking, history but. says that, uh, you know, this far into your second season, he basically had the fluke little run there of a couple of games. Like, he's willful. Those were with Aaron Rodgers, too. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm just saying, <clears throat> at this point, I am done chasing Christian Watson. If he burns me, he fucking burns me. But I don't care. I'm yeah. done paying U.S. dollars for fucking Christian Watson's sorry ass. To, the to, numbers, to the numbers also back you up, Kev, because his downfield role, Detroit's given up a shit ton of production and passing, but they're still they're elite at defending the deep ball. So his role, like that, and all of his numbers really heavily lean towards man coverage. Um, his usage, which yeah, like over the last like five weeks, Detroit's top five and man coverage rate, but that's still only 35% of their snaps. So there's still yeah. a zone heavy defense. Yep. So and we've we've been going now for a whole almost hour and ten minutes, D bro, and I have yet to hear your James Williams take. Uh, you know, you, you said you were gonna hear about it. I I'm gonna tell you. Yeah. Oh so actually, like if you kind of look at some of the numbers, <laughs> his numbers are trending up, like his routes uh-huh. are trending up. Last week he played six percent of the snaps. Uh, he saw almost ten percent of the. <laughs> so, target. so you team me up for the JMO take, but you're taking it from me so you can tout him when he pops off. Is that what <laughs> no, you no, no. Give? Exactly. That, that's what I feel like I'm getting right now. <laughs> I'm trying to see you up for the question because this, this, this is what I was going to say is when you first said it, I had the same visceral reaction. That that Maddie did whenever you first brought him up, I think it was yesterday. Whatever when you like, yep. hyped it up or teased it. When Maddie was, said, "Is that a side dish?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ryan. I said, yeah, Ryan. Derek said he was. Uh, he's got some JMO love for Thursday, and I said, "Is that a side dish for Thanksgiving?" <laughs> the only excuse you mean I to say jams? Because some people could say that. Oh, isn't he very similar to Christian Watson? Like your player hasn't really done a whole lot, but I would oh I would be back on that. Obviously, missed all last year because the ACL injury. <laughs> so that being said, I'm not going to say it and talk about it anymore. So let, let, let us know why you love Jamison Williams, especially at his price. He's 30. I think he is the punt to play this week. He's going to be like eight to 10% rostered. Nobody's going to play him. Like just Kev just talked about that man just p- quietly played a career high in snaps. He played 65% of the damn snaps last week. And Unlike Christian Watson's matchup, where I said Detroit is really damn good at, at against the deep ball, the Green Bay Packers suck. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. Like since um, let me see, let me go back here. Um, He's actually just good too, personally. Well, so that's Green thinking, Bay, that's thinking, ahead, still man. banged up too, D bro. Uh, Jair, yep. I don't think will be playing. Jair's uh, not 100%, on a hundred percent. Like their other man. corners are not good, man. Like, yeah, Green Bay is allowed the eighth highest passer rating and the fourth highest adjusted completion rate. Kev just bounced out of here because he didn't want to hear the JMO take. You hate to see it. But with Jamison <laughs> Williams, man, like Green Bay is terrible versus deep passing. And the other side of this dude is like since week seven against single high, this guy has 25% air yard share. And since week six, Green Bay's utilized uh, single high. It's at the sixth highest rate, 63% of their snaps. I think Jamison Williams is the punt option of the week because, I mean, if he's going to play 65%, and his snaps have gone up in each of the last three weeks, he legit could get to 70 or 75% of the snaps. None of the value guys smash are his No. No. Like, yeah. in a part-time role, he's already popped off with, like, yeah. at his price, he's already shown us he can give us what we need at that price. Right. Like, he has multiple games with, like, 40 or 50 in a score. You get that out of a 3K wide receiver, 
you're, you're running naked. Like you, yeah, people he's got, are like, holy fuck, why are you running naked through the damn Thanksgiving lunch? Like, what are we doing here? He <laughs> gives got, you 20 or 25? Well, you're, or I mean, you're cutting backflips, baby. You're cutting I, think, back I think a realistic ceiling, without getting crazy, I think I a think realistic ceiling for him is like four for 80 in a tutty. Yeah, which is... That puts right. you at 18. 18. So yeah, I, I think he can knock on the door yeah. of 20. Yep. I would agree. Which is like a, a one one for 50 and, goes for the house. And then he and just he's ends up gonna be what? He's going to be what? 10%, 12% played? Yeah, it's, if it's that? Yeah, it's going like, to be Like, he's the leverage guy. If you're not playing Amon Ross and Brown, you need to either play David Montgomery or you play JMO or you play both. You can play both. Like, Especially if you're not I mean, playing Gibbs. Dude, you literally could play J- Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, and Jamison Williams and get all the damn touchdowns. Like, that's not crazy. Yeah, I mean, the Lions are – them and the He's Cowboys right, are, are, are the two best offenses on the slate and, and are in good spots to put up a ton of points. So just getting the exposure to those touchdowns on, on those offenses makes a ton of sense. Right. So I think the two best – like, JMO is my favorite punt of the entire slate – but honestly, I think the two best leverage plays of this entire slate, like looking off the high-end guys, are Jamison Williams and George Kittle. They're the two best leverage plays. Because if Amara, if, if JMO gets there, Amon Ra possibly doesn't. If George Kittle smashes, CMC goes for 20. That's fair. And Kev, Kev now gets back here after I finished the JMO. As, soon, as take. soon as you're done, he slides back in. Yeah, like oh yeah, of course, of course. He didn't want to hear. I heard everything you said. I heard, I heard the whole. Thing. Okay, so okay. tell me where I'm wrong, Kev. Are are you riding with JMO with me? Where did I? I didn't. No, say I'm, I'm asking. About I'm it. asking. I'm, I'm asking. Are you in with the JMO play? Yeah, I, I I think he's I think he's live. I think he's a viable play. I mean, I think uh, we're starting to see it, it trend up, um, and I I, I think. Which they should. I mean, you have to see what you have in this guy. You spit a first round mm-hmm. pick on him last year, and he was coming off an ACL injury last year, which is why we never saw him. So this is really his de facto rookie year. And we typically see in the second half of seasons that you know these guys pop off. You know, rookies tend to pop off in the second half of the season, especially wide receivers. And so that very well could be what we're seeing from him. So it wouldn't shock me if he saw more targets than people think. And I don't if he's not going to be owned, then yeah, I think you have to consider him. You know, in your pool, if you're he's not, is he, Maddie? Like, I, I can't no. believe he'd be popular. Nobody's no, gonna play gonna him no. like in his price range. People are gonna play any one of the Green Bay guys and they're gonna play Curtis Samuel. They're not, he has, play that, he has that high, uh, high leverage touches that you want to see. He gets he has that deep role. Um, his average depth of target is 16.6 on the season, which is solid. since he came back, he leads the team in deep targets. Yeah, I do think Curtis Samuel is gonna get some steam. Oh, he's he's gonna get he's gonna be very popular. I agree. I think Curtis Samuel's gonna. Be he's gonna be the team. only guy that people want to play from the Commanders. That's the only guy that people will want to play. They're not gonna play Brian Robinson. They're not gonna play all these other guys. No, no, not with Gibson being back. What about Jahan Dachson? He's gonna. He's not. No, no. People ain't gonna play him. I I love Jahan. It's Dachson. gonna be McLaurin and and Samuel. There's gonna be the two I, Commanders. I think I think Jahan Dotson might be my favorite Commanders wide receiver because. The reason everybody's going to go to Curtis Samuel if they're looking at the numbers is because Jordan Lewis has been terrible. The other side of that is John Dotson runs 50% of his routes from the freaking slot. So he's going to see a is good that, bit of Lewis. Is that in weeks Samuel has played as well? So, um, because that's big, right? Because Samuel has missed a lot of time and he got ejected really early last last week. Yeah, also. yeah, yeah. Um, here, I'll pull it up. Um, somebody else wants to roll through it. 
Um, I was, Cody's ahead, asking man. about Tolbert. I, just, I can't play Tolbert. He's, he's, he's play seen what five of the snaps for the last three weeks or something like that. I mean, some of that was in garbage. He's live, time. but it's it's just one fifties. Like I can't play him if I'm doing yeah. single or three max. Like I'll play Jameson Williams. Him and, I mean, him and Gallup's role is just so small on that offense because it's they're they're cannibalizing the, each other. Yeah, think about both, the hierarchy, right? Yeah. It's it's obviously Lamb, and then it's mm-hmm. Ferguson, and then it's yep. Cooks, and then it's one of Gallup and and Tolbert. And I just I think that. And they're also and, and, losing. And, and, they're losing routes even, to freaking Turpin too. Yeah, and that's not even factoring in Pollard. Yeah. And then Turpin gets mixed in. I just think that after those main guys, it, it just gets really gross. And I just don't think. Yeah, and if you look at them, I mean, over, I mean, really since week eight, that's pretty much what's happened. I mean, yeah, uh, Gallup went from a player that was playing or running around seventy to eighty percent of the uh, the routes, and yep. then since week eight. Uh, Gallup is 51%, 49%, 50%, and 45%. And then Tolbert, same thing. Well, it was the same situation where he was running barely no routes. And then all of a sudden, in week eight, it was 44, 43, yep. 43%, and 40%. So they basically, like you said, cannibalize each other a little bit. I mean, I, I don't mind, you know, if you sprinkled a little bit of him in just because he is out there running routes. He is on the best offense. I mean, in, in all legitimacy, I mean, he doesn't have to do a ton. I mean, he's in the same conversation as, you know, just a, a pure pump play at $3,100. But, I mean, as a part of a stack or something like that, or, a, you, you know, pretty much need him to score. Yeah. You, you, well, and the, the other thing for him to make the optimal, it's not only does he have to score, he has to, the other punts around him have to score less. They have to fail. The thing for is, though, to, for him to make the optimal. In the 3K right. range, if we're just talking about pure mm-hmm. punts, I mean, there's not, I mean, there's Gallup, there's Samuel, there's Josh Reynolds. There's James Williams, and then Wicks probably isn't playing, so he's out. And then it's, I mean, past that, what's Juwan Jennings, Jameson Crowder, Jalen Tolbert, you know, uh, Khalif Raymond. I mean, there's not like maybe Samaj right. Torre, was like, you know, if he, maybe he gets a little more run. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, if Wicks is out, he's going to get run. Yeah, um, it'll be him and Heath, right? To, to, to go back to an earlier conversation, so weeks one through seven, when all three of those guys were full-time players, yeah, Samuel um, – had a 71% slot share, and Jahan Dotson was at 44%, running okay, 44% so still, of his routes. Yeah, he's he's almost half half of the half of his routes out of the slot. So he's gonna get Jordan Lewis and he's not gonna be played. Like nobody's playing Jahan Dotson. Yeah, he's also kind of in that dead zone too. I mean he's at, well, he's forty six hundred dollars. Yep. I mean he's not he's gonna get forgotten about. Yeah. What about the Seattle wide receivers, D? You were talking about them to kind of start this off when we were going to uh, when we were going to wide receiver, and Dude. I wanted to talk about them. Who are you to be able to play Seattle wide receivers? Where are you willing to sacrifice, and who are you sacrificing to be able to fit them in? Running back, I'll sacrifice playing CMC. Um, I'll play. I I don't know if I'm going to make. To be honest, guys, I don't know if I'm going to make a lineup without CD Lamb in it. So, um, right. like. I'm just I'm starting all my lineups with CD Lamb in them, and um, then if I have to sacrifice, I'll sacrifice Amon Ra and I'll play a Detroit running back or I'll play JMO. Um, I will sacrifice playing CMC and I'm just going to play a shit ton of Kittle. Um, but I, dude, I hope DK plays. Like he absolutely just dominates, man. So like since the the and and when I bring this up, Kev, like the easy way to know, like like looking at some of these things like single high versus because like, everybody runs zone coverage, like even the most man coverage, heavy teams in the NFL, yep. 
still run zone on 55 to 60 percent of their plays right so even if we're talking about that but if you look at like some of these teams man versus zone their safety coverage and we we always talk about cover two and and teams playing cover two and having the two highest safeties not every team does that so like if you look at san francisco since week seven they've used single high on 56 percent of their snaps DK Metcalf versus single high. And this is over the last four games. So basically a fully integrated JSN and Tyler Lockett playing his usual role. DK Metcalf versus single high. 28% target share, 52% of the air yards, 38% first read share. Like he is fucking dominating shit. So I, dude, I'm, I'm going to leave the light on for, for DK Metcalf for late swap. And with his price range, if he gets ruled out, I'll just play George Kittle. That's fine. But DK Metcalf is a fucking elite play. I guess the only other thing that we really have, the player we've, we've continually seemed to have skipped over here has been the one of Amon Ross St. Brown. And it feels like the, the belief <laughs> is that we should be just uh, like he's not in the player pool for you guys, or it's not something no. that you, like you have as much you interest in. You'd rather play. Well, you, you're gonna kind of have to if you're not if 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 you're wanting to play CD Lamb. I'm not playing him. Like you're not playing that, him. You're not playing him. The I mean, I, is, I get Amon the reason why. Brown is there is not a safer wide receiver on this slate than name that not Amonrasse Brown. Like he consistently gets there. I mean, you can almost uh, he almost always gets you that hundred yard bonus. I mean, he has a multiple. Almost every, what all but what three games this year has he not hit the hundred yard bonus? And mm-hmm. CD Lamb definitely has some some variance to him, right? Like he had he had that stretch, those three monster games of just explosion. But prior to that, he certainly wasn't that guy. And then last week he kind of fell back down a little bit. Obviously, it was a game script dependent and stuff like that because they were just dominated the Panthers. But I'm gonna say Brown has been Mr. Dependable all year. Like every single yeah. game, he is giving you. Yeah, you can almost put him up for twenty for twenty DK points almost every single week, and so he's so damn consistent. He, he gets opportunities. No ceiling. Well, I mean, but it, it okay. Aren't we having the same kind of conversation with Amon Ross St. Brown? We just freaking had with CMC. Like, yeah, but I'd rather play CMC because I know CMC has a ceiling. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's you, did, fine. you did say earlier, Matty, that you felt like C.D. Lamb and Amara St. Brown were in the same conversation as far as like being able to get to the thirty-point threshold. I mean, yes, but I, I think I think Amara's got less two, than than the other two, and so Amara's got two 33-point outings, and then like well, a, outside of those, he, his game log looks almost like Christian McCaffrey: 21, 19, 26. Uh, 22, 18, 19, 16. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of differences between his, his game log and CMC's. Right, but I, like, yeah. there's there's the better possibility that CD Lamb dr- kills you because of one ownership. He's definitely going to be the highest owned wide receiver on the slate, and as he CD should Lamb, be though. No if, question. If, if, no question. I'm not that. This isn't an argument that I'm saying that CD Lamb's a bad play. It's no, it's, I know. I know. What I'm saying is though, the variance is there that if he doesn't pop off, if things go differently. And he's not that guy. His ownership is going to be out of like it is such a great leverage point of playing Amonase Brown, and it's like he is like we really we haven't even really talked about him this entire time, and he's the guy that that, that can yeah. easily that can easily kill you. Like 
he has been, like I said, Mr. Consistent all year. You feel good. He's going to give you 20. Like there's a possibility that, that CD lamb gets you 12, so, right? 13. Like, like it, there's definitely a world there. We haven't really seen that with Amon Ross St. Brown at all this year. I'm kind of curious, Maddie. Like you said earlier, the, the Lions running backs are not popular, right? Or at least David Montgomery is, is Jameer like Gibbs isn't really either. Well, then who the hell are they playing? Is nobody playing any Pollard. Lions? Pollard and uh, it, no, but like, but I, I would imagine, yeah, it's, like, it, dude, it, literally the top is guys. Nobody are, it's, it's playing Dallas. the damn Lions. It's all Dallas. It's all Dallas. Like, because I'm, I'm like, well, I'm putting that together. I'm like, wait a minute. You just said the Lions running backs were not popular. I know people are going to play McCaffrey and Dallas, and then values. Those, and people are going to play the... Lamb, and they're going to play McCaffrey Ooh. over Amon Ra. So like. Good lord, I'm just gonna play a shit ton of lions on this this slate. I see that. Yep. If people aren't I gonna play them, I mean, they're... like that's that's wrong, man. I was I'm pulling up to see what Amon Ra did against the Packers last year. There are some plays that I feel like and Amon Ra needs to be in this conversation before we move it on to tight ends. Uh I don't want to play Amon Ra without playing a Packer on the other side. Agree. Like, if, if, if Amara is getting there, yep. somebody's yep. pushing the boat on Agree. that side of the fence to be able to get him there. We've Agree. talked about a lot of players from an island standpoint who can kind of get there on their own accord, don't need to worry about what's happening on the other side. He's the one. Like, I, I, it's hard to find a way that Amara gets 30, and it's not in a game scenario where it hasn't been pushed unless mm-hmm. something happens to Gibbs and Montgomery both. Yeah. But like if the if they're controlling that game and controlling the narrative and Montgomery and Gibbs are getting there, then Amara, yeah, he is a safe play. Like he can probably get you like anywhere in the 15 to, to possibly 20 range just off the of catches. But like to hit that 30 threshold, like somebody is going to have to push him. For what yeah, it's worth, his two games played... against Green Bay last year, he had four catches for 55 yards, no scores, and six catches for 49 yards and no scores. Right. So, but I think I mean, nine this is and a 11. Different situation, completely different I think his role is, is, is much different? more solid this year. I think like he is the definitive. Like, How? He was like, like the hottest receiver down the second half of the season last year. Is it two years ago you're thinking? No, this is last year. No, last year. Oh well, la- no, yeah, 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 yeah. Last year, yeah, and they, they have already played this year, and he went five for fifty-six at a touchdown. But the, that was also the Montgomery like thirty-seven pointer, right? And it was so, also it was also they actually which will happen again. It was twenty-seven <laughs> to three at halftime. So um, which really will happen again? That that's a really good point as far as like you're saying, Maddie, like Montgomery happening again. Like, I think we have a two game sample of that Detroit backfield, and now everybody's gonna say, Well, I know what exactly what it looks like. Like, I mean, will we all be that damn surprised if Lions go back and David Montgomery gets twenty five carries? Well, what like, he came back to the Charger game, right? Uh Montgomery, yeah. Yeah, so they, that was a, a shoot, a back and forth shootout with the Chargers, and then they just played from behind the entire game against Chicago. Like we yeah. haven't seen, we haven't, we seen, haven't the, seen a positive game script no, with David Montgomery back yet. No, so this easily could be, and if that's the case, then I mean, I like going back to what we opened the show with. I like the idea of playing both both lines running backs and not playing Amon Ra. Yeah, I think it's viable. I mean, the other thing about it is like. If I'm playing David Montgomery, if you want the leverage, I think the leverage on Amon Ra is really easy. It's just play David Montgomery or play David Montgomery and Jamison Williams, or or one of David Montgomery and either Jamison Williams or Sam Laporta, because like 
The other thing that like we've seen over the last few weeks is the Lions have consolidated down. Like you don't have as much of like the Josh Reynolds and the Khalif Raymond bullshit. It's like legit. It's David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Amon Ra, and Laporta. That is their four dudes. So like we know where the ball is going. You know where the touchdowns are going. You haven't like Josh Reynolds is vaporized. He's he's poof. He's gone. Khalif is gone. Poof. Mm-hmm. All these backup tight ends and other bullshit like that. That's all gone. So, like, the leverage points are trying to figure out, okay, the Lions dropped 30 on them. Where does that happen or how does that go? It's not that damn difficult, man. Well, I think there's more of a case to onslaught Detroit in this game than there is a case to onslaught Dallas. Yeah, I mean... I guess, speaking of tight ends, I mean, we haven't really... We've hit on a couple of them, but... I mean, Sam Laporta's price is down a little bit from where he's been at 5,200. I mean, George Kittle is still 6K. There's a lot of variance there. Um, you know, he's so much boomer bust uh, for the most part. Um, I think making a stand on George Kittle does make some sense. But past that, I mean, past those two guys, I mean, it's Jake Ferguson and Logan Thomas. So to me, you just play, if, if you're playing a different stack, then you, I think you, if you're avoiding those guys, you just play whatever tight ends in your stack. I, I, that's the way I would. At least the quarterback you're, you're you're running, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to make it a point to force in George Kittle into every lineup that I possibly can this week. I mean, nobody. We talk about the tight ends and stuff like that. Like nobody can match his ceiling. Nobody. Like 22, 23, 26, 27. There's not a tight end on this slate, and I love Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta can't get you 27. There's no damn way. Like, I. <laughs> Nobody can match his ceiling. And and if George Kittle's not going to be played, especially given this matchup, like versus Seattle, where the strength of their defense, okay, you can run the ball versus Seattle, like Kev was talking about. What do you do to like you could pass on them if you stay away from the strength of their like just like avoid their damn corners? George Kittle is yeah. not gonna like he ain't matching up with Devon Witherspoon. He's not matching up with their outside corners. Like George Kittle could sit here and drop like like nine catches for 130 and two touchdowns. And I won't be surprised at all, man. Definitely. And especially if you're not getting, you know, you want exposure to the San Fran team, I, I feel like in that late slate, yeah. the late hammer. And if you're mm-hmm. not playing CMC, like, you know, you got to take the next, you got to take an option who can get you, you know, 25 points um, from that roster. I will say as with, with us being on the tight end conversation, like, is this, is this potentially a slate where we can be considering two tight end builds? Yes. Tucker Craft is going to be the chalk, yep. right? So even if you're playing Kittle in the flex, but like even a Ferguson and Kittle build where you're getting like, you know, whatever that output looks like, 70% of the tight end scoring mm-hmm. from two dudes, like, is that viable? I think it's viable. Sure. And the other thing about it is you get the you get the late swap equity of if you build it, like if you build your lineup, you can either play one of either Maca- either Metcalf or Kittle late in the flex. Right. Just leave yourself the money. I mean, we've I, also just we just haven't seen any of these mid range guys have ceilings, right? But we we've seen Kittle have a ceiling multiple games this year, and it's been like what three crushing. or four in a row now. So yep. yeah, like I mean, there are some good mid range plays. Like if you play how you know McLaurin obviously stands out. Um, you know Dobbs is interesting for all the reasons we talked about. But I mean, good games for those guys, right? Are like eighteen. They're not 27 or 30 like Kittle has shown he can do multiple times. So I think you treat Kittle like a um, 
I mean, you definitely can play him as your own tight end, but if you play, I don't think I would play like, let me put it this way. I don't think I would play double tight end with like Logan Thomas and Tucker craft. Like I would, I would be playing right. like Ferguson oh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or these guys that can yes. get you hundred yards and a bonus. You you need two you need two of or Kittle Laporta and yeah. Ferguson correct I, I yeah think one of those would shooting. have to be in the flex correct I agree because well, you're treating them as wide receiver. The other thing about playing Laporta is I'm not playing more than like one maybe max max two other lions with him because he doesn't hit the 18, 20 point ceiling and two lions go along with him or th- I mean you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. if that's the yeah. case so like I'm probably if I'm playing Laporta. And I'm not if I'm not stacking Jared Goff, then I'm only playing probably one other lion with him. Because he That's probably good. needs to go two touchdowns. Like for him to to get you 20 or to match Kittle and stuff like that, if Kittle goes off, he's gonna need two touchdowns. And so where are the other touchdowns? Like it's hard to see, like you're not just like loading up with a ton of lions and playing Sam Laporta. When it comes to that game or the, the, that situation, like we didn't talk about Debo Samuel, I don't think at all. Um, he's obviously not, the most cheap. I'm he's not a playing cheaper him. option. Yeah. Is there any thought of the? I mean, I know it's not a huge sample size to go off of, but in terms of just historically, uh, Debo Samuel has smashed uh, in, in this spot where Brandon Ayuk has done absolutely nothing in this spot outside of one game. Other than that, like even last year. Um, he went two uh, two catches for 19 yards on four targets, and then uh, the, the matchup prior to that, he had five catches for 63. Um, where Debo Samuel has absolutely torched uh, this team in his career, he has three games of uh, 100 plus yards uh, against them. He's averaging 103.5 uh, receiving yards per game against them. But where I mean, George Kittle's been fine uh, over that span too. But it's just he's 5,900 dollars. He's he's nobody's gonna play him. And nobody's gonna play him. Like I'm not I, I, him. he's kind of in that dead zone where people are just like, ah, I, you know, either you're gonna pay up or you're paying down. And I mean, the ceiling's there. I mean, he's had. I mean, even just this year. I mean, he's had multiple games where 22.1 against the Rams, 28 against the Giants. Like he can certainly get there, and he could be. The thing that with guy. him is he can score multiple touchdowns, right? Yes. In min, in many different ways. So. My my only problem, like uh, like going back to the the coverage data. It builds a very, very bad case against Debo. Like looking at Seattle single high looks, um, in the full games that he's played this year versus single high, sixteen percent target share, one point zero nine yards per route run. That that's that's why I'm not playing Debo. What if he gets? Based what if he? Uh, this is just devil's advocate. Short week, right? This is a Thursday game. What if he mm-hmm. gets more running back snaps and they don't just run Christian McCaffrey into the? I, Line every time. I'd have to see a sample where Christian McCaffrey that hasn't happened this year to believe like it's not. Have they happen. had a Thursday game this year? Ooh, it's a good question. Hmm. Shit, I don't know, Mandy. Damn, that's a good call. I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know, know if they have. I can't look. remember. Let me see. I feel like they have because I feel like it was. I feel like they have. I feel like we it. talked about Elijah Mitchell at some point or Jordan Mason. Um. I'm not. I'm not 100 certain though. I'm looking. They have played on set on Thursday. They played the Giants. What uh? What week was that? That was week three. Week three. Yeah, week that's three. when uh, Debo Samuel crushed. Let's see. I'm pulling up the game log. 
That was also the game. Didn't McCaffrey leave that game early? Or McCaffrey no, had or... 18 carries for 85 yards. Elijah mm-hmm. Mitchell had 11 carries. Elijah had 11. Yeah. And then uh, Devo had six for 129 on the score. They did win 30 to 12. But did Brandon, you not play that game? Uh, oh, he did no, not. he did not play that game. Or at least That's... he didn't get a catch. I don't know. I don't know. If no, he, he didn't even play. He didn't even play that game. Hold on. Yeah, he he was out. Why do I not remember why did Brandon Ayuk not play that game? Like I'm totally blanking on this. He was inactive, and I can't remember what the injury was or why he didn't play. What? Sorry, what was the date on that? It was week three. So I mean that that's another reason. Like Debo, Debo was the only guy that they had. Like as far as the wide receivers, like oh shoulder injury. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he was wearing that contraption. He was. He was wearing the harness. 49ers activated Chris Conley. Yeah. Fun name. That was what the Ronnie Bell oh. got a got a got a touchdown yes, in that the game. Randomly caught a pass that was that was the game we yeah. talked about yeah. the Ronnie Bell punt. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. It's all coming yes. back to me now. Yes, that week. I I mean I so the coverage data just does not set up well for Debo. Um I mean, could it on the short week, like could it happen? Sure. I think the other side of that, if we're going to make a, a, if we're making a short week narrative, then should we be making a narrative for Elijah Mitchell in the running back pool? If you think if San Francisco smashes, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, he's going to get more carries, but I, I just don't think his ceiling is going to warrant playing him over like Montgomery or Charbonnet or, you know, guys, any like of the that. other punt. One yeah. Receivers yeah. I, I don't disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's only one game script, right? And even if that happens, you, he's only going to get. He's got a double run. touchdown to probably make yeah, the optimal, it's, it's, and it's probably not going to happen. You're asking for a perfect run out, yeah, right? Too much. So I mean, but I guess that goes back to the McCaffrey talk, right? Like, yeah. I guess there's some concern to McCaffrey's ceiling at that point, unless he's the one that scores the three or four touchdowns that gets him up by a million, and then they. Lighten the load which after that, but could happen. Which could with happen as mu- with as much freaking touchdown equity as he has. I doubt yeah. they do that because this is a pretty important game in terms of it is. It's divisional. I mean, it's not just divisional; it's also for the division. I mean, obviously, there's still a lot more football left. <coughs> I the forty. Yeah, but it's, seven, it's three, basically the, it's just the two of them for the division. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, for sure. But I mean, if they're up twenty-four to three, I mean, he's going to come out of the game. Sure, I just, I guess I'm yeah. not, I, I'm not projecting that type of game script here, especially on the road. No, that's fair. That's fair. No, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, and I think that, I think, I mean, kind of getting back to tight end, I think tight end's pretty damn straightforward. It's I'm going to play a shit ton of George Kittle. Probably yep. my number two guy is going to be Ferguson. Um, I think Logan Thomas is only alive in any Sam Howell stacks that I make. Agreed. And and again, we talked about Tucker Craft. Like I think he's. I think he's perfectly fine. The other thing about it is I think if you're going to get wild with Jared, with uh, Jordan Love is you just play, basically you play Jordan Love naked. Like you just go skinny stack between him and Tucker Craft, <laughs> and, and then you X out the rest of the Packers and say, okay, well, Jordan Love's going to run if he goes for three touchdowns and it's spread out and none of them hit a ceiling because I mean, shit, we've seen that every single freaking week. Like it, Jordan Love gets there and brings nobody with him because everybody gets four targets, 30 yards, and a touchdown. But Jordan Love finishes with 30 yards. If Tucker Craft is one of those touchdowns, he probably or maybe makes the optimal. So to me, if I'm playing Jordan Love, 
Probably my favorite way to play him is just to skinny stack him with Tucker Craft. That's an interesting merit. Just play all the dudes elsewhere. And play all the dudes. All the dudes. In terms of, well, uh, so, I mean, I don't – I mean, unless you guys have a, a tight end. I mean, I don't think there's – to me, it's just pretty much I'm playing whoever the, the quarterback. I'm just going to stack him with them. It feels like the most optimal way to go. Um, yeah. I, I, I think the hard part with paying up with Kittle – if you're wanting to pay up for the other guys, like it's gonna be tough to be able to get to Kittle uh, at that point, unless you're, you know, just play. I guess unless you're just paying up for CD Lamb, and you're not paying up right. for any of the other dudes, and you're fading, uh, you yeah. know, Amonase Brown and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Which is which is likely, yeah. What 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 the builds have probably been aligning themselves with based off of the conversations that we've been talking about um, is getting that dude. That's in why there. nobody's gonna play Kittle. And again, yeah, I th- that, I mid, that, mid, that mid build is going to be that's going to be low, like Debo, Kittle, uh, that, Montgomery. Everybody's going stars and scrubs. I think the mid build is the way to go this week, boys. I really do. With well, that I mid like build, it. with that mid build, D. Uh, let's talk about defense. Let's talk about defense, D, bro. And uh, you know, we talked a couple of play. You know, you talked about xing out Cowboys and trying to get leverage there. Like where 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 are the spots that you're looking at, and who are you not willing to? What's your cutoff? Who are you not willing to put into your lineups this week? Um, I don't I don't want the Packers because the Packers can't pressure. They don't do anything on defense. They're banged <laughs> up. I don't. I, I'm not playing the Packers. Um, I think my favorite two defenses. Um, well, I think the Lions are my favorite defense. That's number one. Um, because it makes too much freaking sense. Like it's just such an easy stack. Like if Lions are at home. They roll. David Montgomery is our favorite running back play, I think, like uh, out of all of us. Like, if um, I don't think I'm saying that's crazy, but I think we all love David Montgomery. So, if David Montgomery smashes, Lions smash. So, for me, it's the Lions are probably my favorite defense. And then I'm probably, I'm kind of torn. It's either the 49ers, probably are my number two, and then Seahawks, if you're just being contrarian because they have played better as of late like and we talked about like the at home narrative with seattle if purdy does struggle or things like that like if you're not playing put it this way if you're not playing any any 49ers or if like cmc is maybe your only 49er then you really have to have a lot of interest in seattle's defense yeah i'm, I'm pretty yeah. much gonna probably play exclusively <laughs> the seattle there's 2600 dollars they're easy to just, get to. They're top ten in pressure rate. I mean, um, I'm not playing the Packers and I'm not playing the Commanders. I can tell you all that. Like I'm definitely, I'm not playing them. Uh, I'm, yeah, that, I think those are the only two that I wouldn't play. I definitely I'll, would I'll not find the hundred dollars to get yeah. to the Seahawks. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, I, if, if if I have a couple hundred extra, you know, if I, if I have money left over and you know if, if one of them fits in, uh, it's fine. But I'm probably going to be more likely than not just changing it out and just, oh, I'm going to go back down to Seattle. Yeah. Keep giving me Seattle. I, I will, I will the say the Cowboys fail as far as the defense. That's the leverage. We talk about making stands. I'm making a stand against the Cowboys defense failing. Well, if you're building the mid-range, it's okay to play the Cowboys defense because you're going to have a unique build. And yeah. so, like, it's okay to have that ownership on defense. Or play them in a game stack. But I would not play, yeah. like, Dallas Onslaught <laughs> with Cowboys, or I wouldn't play, you know, CMC Lamb with Cowboys. It's just, it's just going to be too popular. Like, you're you're not you're not unique at that point. Oh, so dude. 
I would you play only play CMC and Lamb and the Cowboys defense. Like, yeah. holy shit, what's yeah, that going to add up to? Like, for sure. <laughs> you right. got no the Uber chalk build because you're going to follow yeah. all the rest of the parts or pieces right. that everybody else is doing. Yep, I agree. So I wouldn't X out the Cowboys, but I would just be cautious of the build that you play them on. And we already good. said you can 100% play them in a Sam Howell stack. Yep. Yeah. If he throws is, a pick six, is, you're live. Which is great yeah. leverage. Great leverage there. Uh, what What's the Cowboys D number that makes you feel sick to your stomach about seeing you having to catch up to? Uh, that's a reasonable number. Like, obviously, if they put up 30, like, we understand that. But, like, when it gets to, like, 15, 18, even, yeah, 20 15, points for Lions 15. D. When they get 15. in the mid-double digit range, that's okay. probably because you're going to be – in most defensive projections, you're probably going to be eight to nine points behind the curve. So, like, you're going to have to make that shit up if you want a chance to be Anything over 10 is a good game. Yes. And the, the difference in salary is only 400 between the Lions and the Cowboys. So, it's like, it's not like, you know, it's an extra $1,000. It's like, or sorry, it's 600. I was um, So, yeah, it's, I mean, the gap in salary is not big enough. Like, the, the points are going to matter. Yeah. I think that 2v2 on your defense versus whatever punt or whatever you're doing is going to be pivotal this week. Because if 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 the Cowboys don't get you 20 or something like that, if, say, like, they score the same as the Lions, even not even saying the Lions outscore them, but if, even if they score the same as the Lions, that extra 600, whatever you're able to do with that, if that is, I mean, just throw this out there. If that is... Um, getting from David Montgomery to Jameer Gibbs, getting from, uh, um, I'm looking around here, getting from Terry McLaurin to George Kittle or George Kittle to, to DK Metcalf. Like Ooh. that could be that, that type of two V two in your defense versus the, the positional player could be a huge decision point this week. It's fair. Well, speaking of a building, why don't we build a fucking lineup? You want to do, do that? Just wait. I mean, I'm waiting. Come on, let's go, baby. Let's do it. You want to lead it, Kev? No, you, yeah. Ryan, you're, you're uh, first time this year, so uh, oh. off. let's go, Ryan. Uh, I'll take the easy way out. Let's start CD Lamb. Oh, that man took the easy. <laughs> love it. I love called it, it love out it, though. Yeah, you did. You did. All right, let's go in a, let's go in a circle then. Maddie, who, who are you going with? Uh, Montgomery. Ah, good call. Those are my first two clicks this week. Those two guys right there. All right, well, I'll follow it up with Jamison Williams. I'm going to go Sam Howe. My man. That's exactly what I was hoping you were going to do. Okay. Let's do Doxon with the stack. Oh, baby. I'm loving it. Let's uh, let's double it. Let's go, uh, let's go McLaurin. All right. Okay. Uh, what's it to me? Yep, fifty-one hundred left for a running back, tight end, and a, and a defense. Um, what? Well, let's throw. I'm trying to figure out what we have left. Um, so if we were to play, all right, fuck it. I'm playing George Kittle. That's what I want to do. We can go Pollard in Seattle defense. That fits like a glove. Yeah, we could. I mean, we yeah, could. I, dude, I kind of like the mid range build. That's we, I like the mid range build. I like so, are we doing? Are we doing Pollard? Kev. 
Yeah, I mean, or we could do what we talked about. We could go uh, Gibbs as well, but um, I mean that he's he's viable if you go Seattle's defense. But I'm perfectly okay with going with Tony Pollard and Seattle's defense. I think in in how I think you Dude. should play Pollard in that. Yeah, you, you should. And yeah. then just the other thing the, about this, like you literally just like you double stacked uh, Sam Howell. Nobody's gonna have that. And not only that, you have the double bring back. So we're playing for the full nuclear yeah, shootout yeah. Mm-hmm. we've right. full faded the damn packers we have san and... francisco exposure and we have two detroit pieces it's a responsible team that's it's gonna a... be lower lower it's a fair this is a sexy team yeah i, I like that i like, it a I lot, like this a lot god i like this a lot that's a good team yeah so hal bunker monty pollard cd lamb james williams dotson Kittle, McLaurin, Seahawks with the table. Oh, you know what else you can do? This is this is cut. See, this is interesting. <laughs> you don't have to switch it, but you can also swap Pollard to McCaffrey and play Ferguson over Kittle. And that's still a you still get one San Fran. You still have a, a full game stack there. I like it, but I want to play Kittle. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I'm just saying the options there. I know. The other, the other thing we could we could do too, and that is not even playing Pollard, but having the late the late stack with uh, Charbonnet and then playing the Cowboys defense in the Sam Howell stack. Yeah, yeah. Because if I like you did, the, the, I like the if you kettle. if you did the Cowboys defense, you still have plenty of money like to, to play Charbonnet, and then you have the late correlation of Charbonnet and Kittle. And then we just talk. I mean, like we just played the Cowboys defense. Right. Like nobody's yeah, nobody's going to play Sam Howell and the Cowboys defense uh-huh. on the other side. They're right. going to say, "Uh, uh-uh. uh." And it's like oh, throw all that shit out the window on a three yeah. game. I win. mean, pick six is possible. Turpin housing one is possible. Like uh-huh. there, there's there's yeah. different routes that so can get there. Pass. Yeah, and so yeah. Sam, Sam could still get thirty. I right. I love the team though. I mean, we've got leverage on Amon Ross Sam Brown. Like we've got leverage on CMC. It's a good team. I like it. It's a really damn good team. All right, let, let's do. We got a little, we we got a second. That that didn't take very long. Let's do one more. I want to do a. Because <laughs> <laughs> like no, we ain't no, even no, here no, two no, hours no, yet, I baby. Entered, I, 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 I need entered, another team. I, I entered that lineup. Let's do now a stars and scrub build and just see what that looks like and see which okay. one you like more. Okay. Okay. So uh, Ryan, lead us off again. Uh, stars and scrubs build. Let's play. Let's start it off with Charbonnet. All right, Maddie. Uh, McCaffrey. Is it to me or you, Kev? It's to you. Uh, we're going Lamb. All right, I'm gonna lock in Dak. To Ryan. So we got uh, Dak, Charbonnet, McCaffrey, and Lamb. Forty-one hundred dollars for two wide receivers, a tight end, a flex, and defense. Let's do the run back with Logan Thomas. Oh, okay. Uh, Brandon Cooks. All right. Uh, wide receiver flex and defense. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. Then we've got seventy five hundred left. So, I mean, you're just CMC picking your favorite punt. Yeah, we got flex and defense, right? Yeah, flex and defense, and um. If you put it in Seattle, it leaves forty nine hundred. Yeah, if you put it in Seattle, I got forty nine hundred. So, 
Jahan Dotson fits. Uh, go Watson, go Reed, JSN. A lot of options. Or you could go. You could go Reed over Dobbs, which would, would probably be the popular build on here. I was say I want to go Dobbs to make us different. Yeah, because he's not going to play. Like we're super mega chalk everywhere else. Yeah, because it would leave you at fifty seven hundred. Fifty seven. Yeah. And really, yeah. all you're getting to is like AJ Dillon, McLaurin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got a lot of different options, but my whole thing is like we got we've got a lot of chalk in here. So it's like Dak's going to be popular. So Charbonnet, so CMC, so is lamb. But after that, we're getting very different. Um, Cooks is, I don't think he's gonna be like not popular, but I don't think he's gonna be like chalky. Like, I think he's probably gonna be like, what, like 35%. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There. This, this Dak CMC lamb build, it just gets keyhole. Very, very chalky. You like you're, you're keyhole so into like punts. Mm. That's why I'm. That's why I almost like JSN from that perspective because it's yeah. like okay, CMC I, smashes. I like it. Well, and the other thing about it is you got yeah, you got the late hammer with late late correlation with CMC. Yeah, or not even smashes because if you're playing Seattle D and it's like just the production from San Fran is going to come from CMC, but like well, and you could Charbonnet if you play JSN, JSN, you could get up to you can get up to the Lions defense too. Because we don't even have, oh, good lord, we don't even have any lines in this game. I mean, in the in this uh, in this build. Yeah, I was trying to see yeah. if there was a way to if we didn't play if you played JSN if if because it if you if you played the forty one hundred dollars JSN it leaves eight hundred dollars remaining. So I was trying to see if you swapped out Charbonnet because you get up to Monty and you're we're two hundred dollars short. Play David Montgomery. <laughs> I mean, if we, who, what can we? What? Uh, I, so the other thing Thomas, is, I'm okay. Well, I'm okay with coming off of Dobbs if we want to play JMO and give a salary if we want to move something else. If y'all want to do that, it gives us sixty-five. So that's DK. All right, I'm gonna come off. I'm gonna come off of Dobbs. So I'm gonna put it, Jamison Williams in there. It's Metcalf or it's Montgomery too. So coming off of JSN, that would give us. Oh yeah, now we got Metcalf, Montgomery. Yeah, you could play Lockett because Lockett's not in doubt if Metcalf. I mean, basically, you could put Lock, you could put Metcalf in here, and you could pivot anywhere from. You could pivot anywhere from Metcalf to Kittle to anybody. I mean, you've got all right. kinds of lights. You got all kinds of equity. Coming off, you game. said coming off McCaffrey. No, coming off of uh, Dobbs to JMO. Yeah, so it's it's Dak, McCaffrey, Charbonnet, JMO, Lamb, Cooks, Thomas, Seattle D. 6,500 flex. Seattle. Oh, okay, I see. Keeping Charbonnet yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a sexy team. That's the move. And you got you got tons of you got tons of swap options late, if, unless you wanted to play Montgomery early, which we can. So who, so who are we locking in for the last the last one? Well, if you play if you play Montgomery, it locks you in. Well, I mean, and you could slide Charbonnet or McCaffrey down. I say you play Metcalf, and then you've got the option to play Kittle or Lockett late. I think that's the way to go. Anybody late, and plus we're already kind of we're already fading the Lions hard. Like we don't have any Lions in this. So okay, so it's going to be Dak, Charbonnet, McCaffrey, Lamb, Brandon Cooks, James Williams, Logan Thomas, DK Metcalf, and Seahawks defense. I think so. And then at zero left. Yeah, and you can. Lay so it okay, so the, so then the real question: Which team did you like better, the first one or the second one? I like the I like the first one. I like the first one as well. 
I feel like I feel like doing this stars and scrubs keyholes you into like all the popular options and you're eating yeah. a shit ton of chalk. But you know, that's where I sit. But that's that second team gives you enough of those leverage options to be able to still get different. Like because yeah. not having the Lions exposure is really key there. That's what makes that team fun. Being heavy on Seattle. That if that game just disappoints in general, and you're like, I avoided all. You're the making the bet that DK also outscores both Gibbs and Montgomery there in that range, which is not a. I mean, that's not a crazy bet to make. Not crazy. Not, no. Like I said, he's been knocking on the door of like monster games, and he just falls short like 95 receiving yards. If you add like he goes for two touchdowns and he gets the hundred yard bonus to like multiple games this year, DK Metcalf has been so damn close to smashing. All right, we'll lock it in. Beautiful. Love it. We locked in, boys. Both teams. Yeah, yeah baby. All right. Just under that two minute mark or two minute, two hour mark Kev, for you. So the we got a filibuster for the next five minutes and then go an extra hour so we could see how long Maddie will stay on. Got it. Cool. <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, I mean, he'll, fuck he'll it, we just, just start talking he's... main slate. Hey, here, you, I, yeah, think, <laughs> think, <laughs> do not adjust, do not adjust. I'm, your go, audio I'm going to restart my my router. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> you on the AOL dial? Never, never comes back. <laughs> <laughs> we sit here 30 minutes. Yeah. I mean, Maddie said he's going to be back, man. Boy, yeah. FaceTiming us from the bed. I can't respond to your Twitter message. I don't have internet. It's, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, I've seen. I've yeah. seen. You hate it. You hate it, man. Hidden disease. It wouldn't be a Thanksgiving pod, boys, if we didn't hit that two hours for you. Wow, the DJ Nation pod back better than ever on this Thanksgiving pod. We hope you guys enjoyed the breakdowns. Make sure you're tuned in. I know Kevin's going to be chopping it up for you guys uh, so that you guys can listen to all the takes as we ramble on for 30 minutes before we get into the quarterback, runnerback, wide receiver, tight end breakdowns, but all good stuff, all fun stuff, and you definitely want to make sure that you're following along to the Fantasy Authority to make sure you get all your fantasy news and all of the updates that you will need to be able to conquer those Thanksgiving lineups. Signing off for the boys as we sign out of these quad boxes. Maddie DFS, Maddie 2v2. You can find him on Twitter at Maddie DFS. We got my boy D Bro, the fantastic beard himself, the bearded individual at D Bro underscore FFB is where you can find him on Twitter. And then we got the Santa Claus, the Mr. Kevin Steele, D Bro's big daddy. And yes, I put the big in there just for fun. <laughs> Fantasy Rap 13 is where you can find Kevin Steele on Twitter. And then you know me. It's RW lag. I got the uh, I got the AOL going. I got the dial up running. Just for you guys joining on the phone. It's amazing. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore W. Catch the DGen Nation pod for their breakdowns on fantasy goodness for the rest of the season. And we're gonna sign out for that. But until then, get that money. Get that money. Get that money. That's what it's all about, and that's what we love to do. Signing out. Peace. We are Who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got, inventions and ounces. But that's a break, boy.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.